Yeah, it's not, nothing's completely definitive yet, uh, but my understanding is, in talking with uh, our trainer and the doctors, is that uh, it wasn't as bad as initially feared uh, right after the game, that there is, uh, there is the, uh, the type of damage that's done sometimes in that kind of a action, what happens to the ankle, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. It's a little cleaner than they thought, based on the MRI. He's going to be involved with uh, Dr. Anderson down there in Carolina, uh, uh, in Charlotte, here uh, next few days, and uh, that we'll know more. But there might be an outside chance he could get back at some point in time. So we'll just have to see how that goes, though. And I don't want to say that's definitive by any stretch, but there is some optimism. Chatting about Mark Andrews and. Remember when we had Dr. David Chow on on Friday, he suggested something similar, but then the reports that came out about the injury made it seem like, yeah, okay, that's not going to be the case. Well, John Harbaugh is now, you know, giving us some of that one-in-a-million talk, might end up with Mary Samsonite. I'm not saying it's what happened to all that one-in-a-million talk. Griffin doesn't register for him whatsoever. That's what I expected. I'm not angry about it at all. When was the last time we did a movie review? It's a good question. Last, I guess I need to. I when should. was the last one? Got on a the long list? break here. I should be able to. I should be able to. I mean, check one out this weekend. Do you not have? You don't have anything else going on? Uh, I mean, you I work, mean, you work a bunch. of jobs. I do work a bunch of jobs, uh, but I should have time to 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 catch up on a on a good old movie review. All right. Well, Let is me, Dumb uh, and Dumber not on? Have we never talked about Dumb and? No, Dumber? I have watched Dumb and Dumber. But I, you, you totally but it gets missed, spin on, yeah, I missed. I just, I just missed. missed Slippy, slappy, swappy. Ah, Samsonite. I knew it started with an S, though. What happened to all that one in a million talk? Um, I think we said Big Lebowski should be next. Eh, it's not a slapstick. It's it's much more higher brow than some of the ones that we've had on the list. I don't know. We'll, we'll Forty Old Virgin. I have not seen that. That's just weird. Yeah. I mean, like it's weird. It's not. Look, 40 like Virgin's great. It's not as good as some of the films that we've had on the list, but it's great. Like you definitely should watch 40 Year Old Virgin if you never watched 40 Year Old Virgin. What else was on the list? Office Space. You never watched Office Space? <laughs> no. I gotta talk to your parents at some point. I haven't yeah. watched something about Mary yet. Okay, yeah. You know what? Let's move that one. That's okay. that. That should be next. All right. That should. Right. Here's. Something you know what? It's Mary. it's Thanksgiving weekend. It is a good. It is have a you good. ever watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes. All right. We're good then. I don't know. I never know with you, dude. I never know. You know, it's a. Have you ever watched Just Friends? No. I love Just Friends. It's a. It's a Christmas film, and uh, Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart just uh, reunited to do a commercial that was based on it. It was wonderful. I like that one a good bit. We could talk about that. It's not. It's not as good as some of these. It's not as important. It's. It's campier, but it's still wonderful nonetheless. It's a wonderful. Wonderful. When Jamie smiles. All right, anyway. Hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. We got a lot to do today. Coming up in a few minutes, our friend Bill Roden, um, Morgan's own and longtime sports writer now with uh, ESPN's Anscape Portal, will join us. He uh, was in town to watch Ravens-Bengals last Thursday, wrote about Lamar. We'll chat with Bill Roden in a few minutes later on this hour. County Sports Zone Radio, big weekend last weekend, the MIAA Championships, another weekend in um, the, the, the public school football playoffs. We are getting a little bit closer to the state championships in Annapolis. We will chat with Wes Brown from County Sports Zone about what's ahead. Also, the, uh, the soccer titles, the state soccer titles were crowned over the weekend as well, so we will talk about that. 
Oh, also coming up this morning, our weekly conversation with Patrick Stevens, because we have to. And not because there's anything good to talk about. There sure as hell ain't. Nothing good at all to be discussed. But college basketball season's happening, so we might as well talk about it, I guess. Other good college basketball. Like what? Well. Like what? Yeah, oh, you mean outside of this area? Yeah, outside of the state. Yeah, okay. of the state. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I thought you were going to be like, you know. Uh, no, yeah, there's no silver line. It's really not. It's bad, 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 bad. Long season, though. Long yes. season. You never know what might change. Turn um, on. They're waiting for conference play. Sure. Uh, Press Boxes' Joe Serpico joins us to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. How hard are you going for Isaiah Likely? Are you sneaking in a claim for Charlie Kohler just in, just in case? He's really the guy that uh, takes on more of the role. I don't know. I want Odell where he's available. Is Odell available? Yeah. Where? In some leagues. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah probably, I mean, I, yeah, probably not ours. There was somebody that he had on his list again this week that I was like, what league is this? In Justin, what league is this person available? Justin Fields is available in one of my leagues. So. Well, I mean, I kind of, and that's probably somebody who had to release him because, you know, he was hurt for a while and didn't have that. I can sort of understand that, and I will tell you as a Justin Fields owner, You'll never feel comfortable. You'll never say, I'm excited about Justin Fields being my quarterback this week. That day will never occur. But, um, you know, good luck to you. Anyway, we'll talk about uh, all of it with Joe Serpico later. Plus, uh, Will Harbor, Navy linebacker, will join us a little bit later on as well as they get ready for SMU, a game that they need to win in order to get bowl eligible, which is just so stupid. Like, I, uh... Hi, Glenn Clark. You know, you may know me from uh, Glenn Clark Radio. You may know me from 105.7 The Fan, perhaps uh, Loyola, uh, ESPN Plus, Stevenson University, uh, NLSE, St. Francis, any location. Perhaps uh, you live with me. I don't know. Tyus Bowser Show. The Tyus Bowser Program, which returns tonight Ooh. with a special guest that I, I don't know yet. If I did, I promise I would tell you. Please stop asking. When I know, I tell you. I don't, we don't sit on it normally unless there's a reason to. Um, we'll be back tonight. We will be, of course, in uh, Timonium at Mother's North Grill. We hope to see you tonight starting at 7. Tyus and a special guest join us with the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia, brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. We will see you this evening. So I'm Glenn Clark, and the fact that Navy – if they were to lose on Saturday at SMU, and by the way, SMU is really good, right? So it's going to be tough. But if they were to lose, that would mean they would just not be bowl eligible when they could beat Army and win six games. Is stupid. Now the response back, the retort is, well, it's their choice that they, you know, have the Army game a week after the bowls are set. It's not the bowls' fault. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Someone is going to end up making a bowl game that's going to be 5-7. and seven. Not, there's not, they never are anymore. There are never going to be enough spots to be filled by 5-6 and six teams. And I get it. You say, well, academic progress rate, that's why the NCAA incentivized teams. How about you incentivize the fact that they're the Naval Academy? How about that? The Naval Academy. They're serving our country. Maybe we incentivize that at some point. Just me. I'm, I'm saying this. Not, I have no association. I want to make it abundantly clear. Not whatsoever. 
But it just seems like perhaps if there was anyone that we could reward, even if they were to go 5-7. and seven. By the way, they might not. They might beat Army. They got a pretty good chance this year. Then they'd be 6-6 six and six and have a better record than some teams that inevitably end up playing in bowl games. Just doesn't seem all that hard, man. Some of these, it's like how much badly they've screwed up the James Madison thing. Apparently, it's not just James Madison. There's another team, Jacksonville. Maybe? Yeah, Jacksonville State, because it's their first year yeah, as well, making the transition. And they're they'll be bowl eligible, but they can only get in if there aren't enough bowl eligible teams. So, what if JMU and Jacksonville State just you know just decided to play or something on on New Year's Eve? Oh, that'd be dope, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't think they can, but. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would care about Jacksonville State, but and James Madison, of course, uh, lost on uh, Saturday. Right. Get all the hoopla, all the hype, and everybody losing their minds only to turn around and <laughs> at home against Appalachian State. All right. Um, I don't have much more to say about the John Harbaugh's press conference yesterday. Hopefully the news continues to trend good. I mean, we're going to have to monitor injury reports this week when it comes to I'm not worried about Lamar Jackson at all. I mean, he finished the game. I'm not worried about Lamar Jackson. Now, if you want to say you're worried about overall how banged up he might be, sure. But he's in the exclusive club of everyone when it comes to that. Like, everybody's banged up. But the guys that that have maybe the opportunity to return, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, will just have to watch injury reports during the course of the week and see what we can gather from that. I, I do think it's worth pointing out that with the bye the following week, I, I wouldn't be stunned if that plays a role in whatever decision the team makes. I wouldn't be stunned if they take it a little bit easier and, and use a little bit more caution with those guys specifically. Look, it's always what I say. If they can play, they'll play. That's the way that it works. If you're healthy enough to play, you play. But given that there's a buy following and an opportunity to come out of it, I wouldn't be stunned. All that being said, every game now is critical for the Ravens, who at the moment now sit in the number one spot in the AFC. Of course, that's only because they played one more game than the other two teams. But currently, they're the only 8-3 and three team in the AFC. So at the moment, when you look at the standings, you'll see the Ravens as being the top seed in the AFC. I saw somebody point out, how much more difficult the Ravens' schedule is than the Chiefs' remaining schedule? Oh, yeah, the Chiefs have a... Yeah. I don't think that the, it's it's very reasonable to think the Chiefs don't, Chiefs don't lose another game. Okay, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to lose to the Broncos either, well, so I'm not I'm not really willing to go there at all. Um, Ryan Mink, of course, from the Ravens' website was the one. Ravens' remaining schedule at the Chargers against the Rams, at the Jaguars, at the 49ers, versus the Dolphins, versus the Steelers. Uh, four of those six remaining teams all have winning records. Three of them are 7-3. and three. The Chiefs' remaining schedule at the Raiders, at the Packers versus the Bills, at the Patriots versus the Raiders versus the Bengals, and at the Chargers. Only one of those teams has a winning record, and none of them have seven wins. The only team with a winning record left on their schedule is a home game against the Bills. Now, all that being said, again, the Ravens have been very good. It might very well be that they're ready to go for this kind of gauntlet of a schedule at the end of the season it might very well be that the Chiefs are just trending the wrong way like they've lost two out of their last three games and did their damnedest to lose the other one they don't score points in the second half it's a really weird bit they're just like nah we're good we'd rather not do that I, I don't suggest it for the record I I'm not a football man but if I were the Chiefs I would 
score points in the second half. First time in NFL history, a multi-time MVP has uh, has had his team go scoreless in the second half of three straight games. Okay, I mean that's a very unique, specific. It is. It is. I, I guess I'm not surprised that he's the only one. A <laughs> lot of qualifications to that, but sure, nonetheless, fact, and I guess somewhat interesting. So thank you for for tipping that in. Um, I, I, you know, the easy takeaway is the wide receiver thing. And look, you know, he hit Marquez Valdez Scantling and what should have been a big play, if not a touchdown there at the end of the, the fourth quarter last night. And then one play later was sacked and they were kind of out of it because they were back at fourth and 25. This goes back to all the conversation. I don't really feel like it's, maybe it's ironic we're having this conversation at the time where Joe Flacco's coming back to the league. But this goes back to all of the dumb guy conversation that we had for years in Baltimore, where I would hear from mouth breathers constantly, uh, once you get paid as a quarterback, you got to make the wide receivers better. That's not a thing. It will never be a thing. I have no idea how we continue to allow that analysis to just stand, to just go unchecked. Tom Brady, the year that... Gronk got hurt. Probably did the most with the least receivers as far as winning a championship. And I'm pretty sure, let me go back and I had to go back and think about that team. And I think that was an Edelman team. I think it, I still think that they had something at wide receiver. They might not have had the, you know, 6-4 game-changing type of wide receiver, but I'm pretty sure they had something at the position. This isn't a thing and never has been a thing. It's the part of the Joe Flacco conversation that no one ever wants to talk about. Which isn't me trying to be a Joe Flacco truther and tell you that he would have been a Hall of Famer if there had just been better wide receivers around him. It's that the Ravens bungled it badly. And we allowed this sort of thing to stand where we said, well, you know, once you get paid, that's just the reality. Like, the quarterback's got to make the wide receivers better. It doesn't happen. That's You can't make someone better. Patrick Mahomes can't make Marquez Valdez-Scantling catch that football. He can only do exactly what he did, which is brilliantly put it right on him. The number of times we've watched the Lamar miss deep throws this season, and most of them have been to the outside. There haven't been as many to the middle of the field. This one was middle of the, middle of the field. Wide open. Ball hits him in the hands. You can't do anything about that. You can't say, well, I mean, he could Nope. This is what happens when you think you don't need to invest at wide receiver. Now, look, man, they won the Super Bowl a year ago without really having anything at wide receiver. They they probably duped themselves into believing that, like, this is doable. You can just stroll whoever you want out there, and Patrick Mahomes is so good that he could win with them. The truth is that we know that the Chiefs have gotten much better defensively, and they've become a much more complete football team. And that's their path to victory, which ironically is a lot of teams' path to victory. The Ravens, that's been their path to victory this season. It doesn't look like this year, uniquely, you need to be the team that can score in 15 seconds. It looks like this year, 
there's a much more open opportunity for teams to be complete football teams. The Eagles aren't blowing everyone away. They're winning close games. Their defense has been significant. I'd still rather have their wide receivers. I'll be honest about that. But nobody's blowing anybody away. And that's why, you know, it's it's a little bit more intrigue how things go. As much as we think it's a murderer's row or a gauntlet of quarterbacks in the AFC, and I've said that a few times, none of those teams are playing run-and-shoot, score 45 points a game type of football. And obviously one of the quarterbacks has already gone by the wayside in Joe Burrow. So we'll see. We'll see, but complete football has largely been a good thing. The Chiefs, they can still play complete football. And I still think, to, to Griffin's point, that they'll probably win the majority of their games. That said, we can't ignore the fact that like it's just not great right now. They've lost two out of their last three games, and it could have been all three. I, I know that you would say that you know the Eagles and the Dolphins are really good teams, and the Broncos look like they're better than we thought when the Chiefs lost to them. So they can still be a haves and have not situation for the rest of their schedule. Maybe, like maybe, or maybe there's really a problem with the Chiefs. Maybe. It definitely ain't good. The Ravens have a unique opportunity to do something that's never happened before in Baltimore, which is host an AFC championship game. And that can't matter to them like they have to approach it the same way no matter what seed they end up being in the playoffs if they're the two three the the seed the three seed they can't think about the disappointment of boy we could have delivered something to this city and we could have delivered they can't think about it at all and by the way they could still be the two seed and host the AFC championship game It, it could work out that way but they have a unique opportunity to do something that's never happened in Baltimore and that's that's It doesn't come along very often. This is a franchise that has done a lot of things. So it's a big deal if they could bring an AFC title game to Baltimore for the first time. It's not relevant in terms of, like, it's the only way they could win a Super Bowl. They could win a Super Bowl playing all the games on the road. But it's a unique chance... And it would be something special, and it gets your juices flowing a little bit because no one's done it. It would be a new memory for the entire city to create. And that opportunity is very much in front of them. It won't be easy, and it's why every game. Like, even as I say, perhaps this week you start thinking about the bye coming and Maybe you consider not pushing the issue with Marlon Humphrey or not pushing the issue with Ronnie Stanley. Like, this game matters significantly because you are fighting with multiple teams to try to win the AFC. You're fighting with the Dolphins. You're fighting with the Jaguars. You're fighting with the Chiefs. Every game is relevant. You can't really afford to stub your toe in any of these, particularly knowing that some of those head-to-heads are coming up. The good news, of course, is the Ravens get that extra rest ahead of it. 
All right, today's show is also brought to you by Superbook. And as we think to Sunday night, I am still befuddled by the line. I, I just, I get it, it's a road game, and I get that it's the other side of the country, and I understand all, the, what? Right, yeah, well, that's part road of the game. story, Griffin, no doubt. Like, there is no home field advantage, really, for the Chargers. Like, that doesn't really exist, honestly. So I'm confused as to why the number is only four points. Chargers lost Joey Bosa on top of everything else. Their defense already wasn't good, and now they have no Joey Bosa. Four points is the number. If that means something to you, then I would encourage you to get to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, and when you do, you can use the code GlennClark23 and receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23. All right, when we come back in, we are going to chat with a, uh, a journalism legend, Bill Roden. He was in Baltimore last Thursday. We will talk to him about what he saw from the Ravens and the opportunity that's in front of Lamar Jackson to break through and win a Super Bowl. We'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. This edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
there's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all, the quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet, so check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along in hour number one of today's show. It's also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Our next guest was in Baltimore last Thursday night as the Ravens beat the Bengals, and he wrote for Anscape about what's now in front of Lamar Jackson, and as he says, it's Lamar Jackson's time to take the next step. We hope he's right about that. He is a Morgan man himself. He is the great Bill Roden, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bill, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It is always great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Everything. Uh, always uh, great being with you. Well, it's, everything is great here, Bill. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. And, you know, there's a few things that really interested me in what you wrote about. And I think one, as you know, I am painfully white, right? Like, I am about as white as it gets. I, I think that some people would read your column and say, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes won a couple of Super Bowls. But what you talk about in what Lamar Jackson represents, and um, I just read my friend John Eisenberg's book, Rocket Man, about the pain and and why it's still so personal to to see everything that black quarterbacks have been through. What he represents as sort of the lineage of quarterback that would have been told, and he was attempted to be told, to play other positions. And some of the pain that has been felt by black people attempting to play quarterback that probably is a bit different than even what you know Patrick Mahomes' story is. That really resonated with me, what Lamar Jackson maybe represents, even separated from other simply black quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, I, I know that's, a, uh, that's an important distinction. And I asked uh, Mahomes this um, last year uh, in the lead-up to the Super Bowl. And I asked Mahomes, is that, did anybody ever uh, try to switch positions? You know, now Mahomes is a, is a great athlete, and he played baseball and all that. 
but not the same way. And his answer was a no. No, nobody ever pushed me because, A, I'm not that kind of athlete. Nobody ever tried to get me to play, you know, corner or safety. Um, you know, uh, A, because, you know, I, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> you know, first time I tried to tackle somebody, I said, I'll never do that. Uh, but there's a distinction. Uh, Mahomes is athletic, but he's not the kind of classic athlete who was typically switched to a cornerback and wide receiver. He was not that kind of guy. Where uh, Lamar comes from that lineage of those really great athletes who were immediately switched to wide receiver because they had that kind of speed or defensive back because they had that kind of athleticism. And that, to me, and all this is up for debate. (laughs) You know, it's my take. But, you know, guys like... um, uh, now I'm switching. He just recently passed away. Um, uh, Marlon Briscoe. Oh, sorry. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole line of black quarterbacks like that who were great. I mean, Briscoe ended up, you know, uh, starting for cornerback with the Denver Broncos back in, in, in 1968. Uh, so, so that's what I was meaning. That that's who, in my mind, uh, Lamar uh, represents. He represents that lineage of really talented black guys, uh, black athletes, who were so talented that they never got the opportunity to play the position because, you know, there was always this thought that athleticism and brains don't go hand-to-hand. If you're this really athletic guy, you're not smart enough to play quarterback. So that, that's what I was referring uh, to that uh, in terms of what, in my mind, Lamar represents, which is why I think it would be so significant and important for a guy like that to, uh, you know, prove that this is sustainable, at least for this year, and win the, you know, and lead Baltimore uh, to uh, a Super Bowl title. Can I, can I follow up on that? Because I also felt like what you were speaking to was what Lamar Jackson means to black culture in general, that it's... You know, it's some of it is about you know the, the lineage of, of him being that type of quarterback, but also a part of it is about how he represents black culture and what he means within black culture as a figure in in America, frankly. Yeah, I mean, and this gets really complex, probably beyond the scope of the show. Uh, but so does Pat Mahomes. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes is biracial. You know, his his mom is white, dad's black. Well, there are plenty of African Americans historically who come out of that you know, who are biracial, you know, first, second generation. Uh, so, you know, he represents a particular uh, strain of, of black culture, too. But so does Lamar. Mm-hmm. Lamar probably is more typical, you know, uh, you know, at least for the first two or three generations, you know, both parents, African-American, all of us. <laughs> if, we do, if we dig deep enough, <laughs> every black person in America, for the most part, if you dig deep enough, in your lineage, there comes at some point some white folks enter into the <laughs> into the scenario. Uh, but so so yeah, and Lamar is more you know we call typical you know he's you know brown skin the way he wears his hair he's more the kind of typical person who you know would be um, the police would say you know back in the days when we quote uh, uh, you know police radio number two black male hmm. <laughs> you know hmm. going bound on East Baltimore Street, you know, and it would be more likely a guy that looks like um, uh, uh, Lamar, though I think that uh, either, I forget who said it, 
some guy I talked to in a barbershop uh, before the Super Bowl last year. I went to a black barbershop in Arizona, which I know is kind of <laughs> oxymoron. But it, was a, it was a black barbershop. And we went into, you know, because it was Mahomes playing um, uh, against um, Jalen Hurts. And we had this debate about which one of those two black quarterbacks do you think black, the black barbershop will, will, will root for? And although the barber said, hey, man, I'm going with Mahomes, I'm never, I'm never betting against that guy. But culturally, I think a lot of guys will go for uh, Jalen Hurts. He's the kind of brother, when he comes into the black barbershop, mm. he knows what chair to sit in. You know, mm. He knows what barbershop to go to. You know. But both, he said, well, they're both considered brothers. Uh, you know, uh, but um, maybe culturally, um, a guy like Lamar might get the nod. So I guess we could probably have another whole show about that. But, right. uh, yeah, I think your instincts, uh, your instincts, I think, are correct. What I want to just say is that we're all, all African American, part of the same culture. You know, we just have different streams. There's, sure. you know, the biracial stream. And we're all at some point, like I said, at some point, every African American, at some point, is biracial. Just how deep do you have to go in our lineage? You know, find that out. I, yeah, I, I think that your question was very perceptive. I think, Bill, it speaks to how he resonates with black culture, and I, and I do think that that's very relevant, and he's sort of carrying that with him as he goes on. Bill Roden is with us, and we'll link up his story from Anscape uh, on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, so you can check it out. Uh, Bill, it's it's interesting to me because the burden that he faces, in, it has always been in part because of his skin color, right? Like I, I'm not stupid. I know that. But I feel like, and, and I think that you touch on this, the, the burden that Lamar now faces is is a little bit more significant than that, right? Like, f- what, five yeah. chapters of his story have already been written, and it hasn't involved any playoff success yet. And now that's yeah. that's a different burden, and maybe even, I, I don't know if I want to say more significant, but when we talk about you know the way that history will tell Lamar's story one day, it's arguably more significant, right? Like the, it, whatever you do, yeah. and as great as he's been, he's going to be measured uh, fairly unfairly. I, I I think this is just the nature of football. He's going to be measured by does he become a playoff quarterback? Does he become someone who wins um, when the spotlight is the biggest? And it, it almost to the yeah. point where like this season in Baltimore, Bill, and I'm sure you felt some of this when you've been here. Like it's a okay. This is cool, but wake me up when it's right. when it's January. You know, like make me up when it, it's getting to that <laughs> point. It's a very unique burden that he now carries with him moving forward. Yeah, no, that's a great point, and and, and I think that's that's the only thing that matters. You know, we've we've been here before. You know, we've we've seen Lamar in the regular season. You know, when you talk about Tom Brady, I don't know how many regular season MVPs he's won. You know, but what I do know is the number six. You know, that he's won titles. And I think Lamar knows that. And, you know, uh, the last two seasons, the story has been written. The last two seasons, he did not finish. You know, and so uh, that's why, you know, I think last year I was in Baltimore a lot because I was intrigued by the whole, you know, fully guaranteed contract thing. You know, it's almost political. That will he hold out uh, to, to change the narrative among owners uh, about forcing through uh, guaranteed contracts, where, of course, we know that it, it did not. But, um, yeah, I said, okay, 
uh, let me come at this point because a Cincinnati Baltimore is a big game. But I've been through the I've been through Lamar regular season. That is no longer what's important now. As you touched on, what's important now is what he does in the postseason. Right now, the, the figure is one and four. You know, he's been there four times, only won once, and that's why the major leap must be uh, the Super Bowl. And, and I know you know yeah, that's easy for you to say, but. Like you said, man, you know, this is in sports and we have scoreboards. You know, we have statistics. And now the door is really open. You know, Burrow's out. Uh, Deshaun Watson's out. Um, Kansas City seems kind of vulnerable. You know, so you look at the AFC, they're going to San Diego. They're going, I'm so sorry, they're going to uh, L.A. with, with the um, uh, Chargers uh, on Sunday, you know, uh, where Herbert is clearly – a really great young talent, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, the coach is on the hot seat. So I think everything is aligned that if Lamar can stay healthy, and that's key, uh, you know, that the door is open for him to take that next step. And, and I, I guess what we're all <laughs> looking for is can he? I, it's so funny you bring really? that, yeah, Bill. It's, you bring that up, and I will tell you, I did a hit before the game last Thursday with one of the big networks, and that question came up, right? Like, do you believe that Lamar Jackson can get it done in the playoffs? And I found myself saying, well, like, it, it, like I, I, it caught myself for a second because it took me a second, and they were like, ah, ah, and I said, okay, yeah, but I, I do. He's too good. He's too good for him to not ultimately figure it out in the playoffs. So, like, it's. When you bring that up, can he? I feel like the answer is we know he can. It it sort of feels like it more. It's more like will he, right? Like it feels like it's just right, a, it's exactly. a, more of an anomaly that we're at this point because he missed you know two years worth of playoffs and you know there was one year where he clearly wasn't fully yet Lamar Jackson as a rookie, and so it feels like we're more talking about the fact that he went you know one and two in two years of fair measurement of playoff games. Like I. I, I just I, I'm in a weird place with this conversation because I right. know it's relevant, but at the same time, it it just sort of feels more like it's an odd set of circumstances that's got us here than that Lamar Jackson is some sort of dreadful you know guy who panics as soon as the month turns to January. Yeah, no, he's great, and you're you're right. I mean, it, it, there's a certain emotion there when you say, you know, can he? You know, we say, well, yeah, I say, well, I hope so. Right. <laughs> you know, I hope so. Uh, you know, but if you really look. Honestly, on the last, you know, two, three years, you know, and, you know, sports, it is emotional because you don't want to sometimes follow the truth where it leads. You say, well, the honest truth is that the odds are kind of like each of the last two years he got hurt. And remember, you know, I'm sure you guys felt the way I felt when he, you know, was knocked out for a minute along the sideline. I mean, the stadium absolutely was silent. They're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Really? And I think that's the way it's going to be. Every time Lamar stays down, everybody's going to hold their collective breath because they realize that when he's not there, it's over. I mean, I was in Cincinnati uh, last year. And, and I'll admit, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I admit typically when people ask me over the years, who are you for? I said, man, I'm a mercenary sports writer. I'm for the story. Right. But there's probably because I've went to Morgan and, and uh, you know, went to Memorial Stadium a lot and, and love like, you know, Lenny Moore and Jim Parker. And I know the relationship that Baltimore fans have with, you know, with the old Colts and now the Ravens, you know. So, yeah, there's a part that I would love to see on a lot of levels 
of Ravens to get back to the Super Bowl. And 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 to the credit, it's not like they've never won it. I mean, they've won, they they won the Super Bowl. So it's not like we're talking about a desert. But yeah, uh, just getting back to your point, when somebody says, "Well, will he do it this year?" And, and you're right, you want to lead with your heart. And say, yeah. Then you go, "Well, I mean, I hope he can." Right. <laughs> you know, right. it would be, be wonderful. You know. So yeah, I think I think that's where uh, Ravens Nation is. That we know that Lamar has got uh, the the talent to do it. Uh, but a, can he stay healthy? Uh, will he continue to show? Um, I don't know. What is, is it progress in this new system? You know, I think he's still adjusting to it. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it culturally, uh, in terms of just pure football, pure ball. Uh, I just think that if it would happen, and at the end of February, I mean, in February he's holding up the uh, Lombard, I mean, uh, the trophy. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be, I think it would be great, and it would end. I think a significant chapter of this evolution of black quarterbacks and style of play and all that. But, you know, <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> ah, boy, boy. I mean, if you think you hope so, <laughs> I mean, my God, uh, we hope so for much more selfish reasons <laughs> here in Baltimore. Well, of course, it's good, it's, it's good for business. Yeah. You know, but when you, whenever you get to hope, I remember the last time I ever used hope, I, I, I was during the uh, NBA playoffs. And I was in the locker room. The Lakers were playing somebody. And I started off a question with Magic Johnson. I said, Magic, do you ever stop me that I don't hope? Yep. <laughs> you know? And that's the last time I used that, hope. You know, when you get to hope, you know, in anything, you know, I hope so, that is, you're in very fragile territory. Yeah, I, I, I hope that uh, none of my family members are going to say something stupid on Thanksgiving. I can't do anything about it, right? <laughs> like, right, right it's just right. the way it's yeah. going to go. Yeah, well, right? You guys, they're, they're allowed to hope. Yeah. Bill Roden, I, I always appreciate our conversations. Uh, we're going to link up the story on our Twitter account. Is there anything else we can plug for you, sir? Uh, no, I wish. I'll call you back. You know, there's, uh, the, there's, a, book, there's a book that we all want to write. When, I, when it finally comes, I'll I'll call you, but no, uh, it's always great, man. I really uh, appreciate the way you guys represent, the way you cover the market, and uh, you know, and I, and I and I think this Lamar Jackson continues to be a fascinating story. I'm I'm fascinated by. It. I always have been. And uh, uh, the last thing I'll say, I, I think that Harbaugh uh, gets some credit in this because I know early on uh, he was always he was aware of this whole history mm-hmm. of black quarterbacks, and and he always went out of his way praise Lamar's, uh, you know, uh, football IQ. And he's still doing it now, how well he sees the fields and how well he does this, does that. And I think it emanates from when, um, I think it was Bill Polian, who's, who's the, the person who, you know, started out saying Lamar should, should be a wide receiver in the NFL. And he since recanted, obviously, in the face of obvious, uh, obvious um, evidence. But I think there's some of that that still exists and lingers in the NFL. I think people kind of grit their teeth and are just kind of going along with it because that's where we're going when you see this whole generation, which is the thing we didn't touch on. I know I'm kind of going long, but um, that's why the window from Lamar, you know, I mean, he's 20, he's 26, but there's, we see this, this new breed already coming up, CJ Stroud. Yep. And, yep. and maybe just, you know, there's a whole new breed of these young 
people coming up who are taking it to another level. So Lamar is almost at 26 is kind of becoming a pioneer of that generation. So, yeah, uh, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff at play here. But anyway, that was a long way of saying appreciate you guys and the way you, you cover the market. And, uh, you know, look forward to uh, checking in as this thing progresses. Maybe we talking about this uh, for uh, quite some time. Maybe we having a chat in Va- Las Vegas about it at some point, Bill. That would be great news for everybody. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. No doubt. <laughs> Do I ever. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to your family. Always appreciate you making time for us. Thanks so much for doing this this morning, Bill. Absolutely, man. Take care. Thank- happy Thanksgiving. The great Bill Roden with us here on uh, GCR. And, um, you know, he speaks to to uh, like the burdens, and and Lamar has felt a lot of those burdens over the years, and what he means to black culture is one of those burdens, right? That like he he is held up in a different way in black culture than even other black quarterbacks, and it's not. And I think Bill was trying to say it's not a competition about who's more black. It's just the way that black culture embraces Lamar. Now combine that with the burden of the playoff thing, and I know Bill said he's he's one and four. It's not one and four; it's one and three. But I, I I think he was trying to say he's played in four playoff games. He hasn't been four times. He's been in four playoff games. Of course, he missed the other two years. Um, that's a burden. That's a burden that he carries, and it it probably would have been eradicated. In one of the last two seasons, but injuries prevented that. So now it's carrying deep into his career, and we're still going to be thinking about it. We're still going to be dealing with it. All right, we don't need to take a break. We can. Uh, you tell me when we're good to go. All right, we're good to go. We will. Uh, we will shift gears then here on GCR. It is a Tuesday, and every Tuesday we try to get you caught up. Remember, we try to do local here at Pressbox and on GCR. And part of that is we want to cover high school sports. And we have a partner. It's County Sports Zone. And every Tuesday, we get into County Sports Zone Radio joining us, as he does every week. He has a friend, Wes Brown, and he's with us now here on GCR. Wes, it's Glenn. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. So I'll pull the curtain back for everybody. Wes, uh, kindly, because admittedly, I cannot follow high school sports the same way that Wes does. Wes uh, gives me uh, some notice the night before about various things. I do have to say, though, Wes, one thing you don't know about me, I'm very disappointed that you're not um, including my Perry Hall Gators a little bit more in the rundown because we're getting very excited about the possibility that maybe in front of them to win a state title. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely going to be an interesting weekend here with, with semifinals uh, getting, getting for the chance to get to Annapolis. Yeah, very big opportunity in front of our boys. We can talk about that a little bit more. I guess let's let's start at the public school level just because I care about Perry Hall. Give me the rundown of what mattered from quarterfinal weekend and what's at stake as we move towards the semifinals. Yeah, so 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 this past weekend there were actually still a lot of blowouts. You know, it, it, it's weird. It, it's one of those seasons where we haven't had too many close games, um, but we did manage to to have a, a close one with, with Broadneck, who we talked about over the last few weeks. They actually beat Northwest, who upset Quince Orchard. Right. Um, so it, it kind of an, an interesting weekend in in terms of that game. So I'm looking at the uh, semifinals ahead, and of course I care a great deal about Mervo and Perry Hall. Uh, coming up, uh, that's you know selfish on Friday night, 
But some of the other ones, as you brought up, like the 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 four A level with Winston Churchill and Broadneck, that like that Broadneck story is kind of resonating at the moment, right? It's... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it four A is interesting because we're gonna have you know a new champion for the the first time in, in yep. a long while, you know, pre COVID. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to, to to see who can come out on top there. No one seems to be grabbing grabbing the the, the the games yet, but Broadneck seems to keep chipping away and and then they're they're one of those teams that's one went away. All right. Staying at the public school level, I know it was a big weekend in soccer with the title games over at Loyola. Give me a quick rundown of a championship weekend. Yeah, so the, the, the thriller was the boys for a title game with uh Leonardtown winning its its first ever title. Um knocking off Northwestern there. Uh, they had built up a, a two nothing lead, uh, but then gave up a goal, got a red card, gave up another goal to to tie the game and send it to overtime. But uh, managed to 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 right the ship and then win in in a shootout there. They scored. Wait, so they they won despite being man down, starting in in the second half. Late, late in the second half, oh, okay. like three or four minutes left. Wow, uh, it was a two one game at that point, but it was a huge Northwestern goal that that really you know reached the the tipping point there and and tied things up. Wow. But they, they they also had all the all the momentum there in the in the overtime periods, but weren't, weren't quite able to to get that sudden death goal. And those weren't the only. It's not just soccer that handed out championships this weekend, right? Yeah, volleyball was also all day on Saturday. Um, kind of similar to, to football, we had you know two three nothing sweeps and a, and a three one victory. But um, there there was a back and forth one a title with with Clear Spring coming out on top three two. All right, uh, we're chatting with Wes Brown. It's County Sports Zone Radio as we go over uh, the world of high school sports at the moment. Staying with championships at the uh, private school level, kind of as expected, right? In the two title games over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Concordia, you know, kind of matched up with with John Carroll there in the in in, in the B title. Um, but I, even even talking to some of the Concordia players after, you know, it was kind of a you know you, you see the other team show up and it's like they're not really on the same level. Um, so Concordia won that thirty five nothing, finishing eleven and one on the season. Um, and they're actually moving up to the A conference next year, so they're kind of excited to to take on that new challenge and and, and utilize some of their talent more. Uh, but their only loss of the year was to Spalding, who also took the A title, uh, forty to seven over uh, McDonough. Um, Malik Washington, who we, we we've talked about before, um, kind of struggled there early on with you know drop drop passes and and, and misreads. But um, they they turned to the run game and kind of just methodically went went through with everything. Um, and then there was you know some some scrapping there in the in the second half when when McDonough started to, to fall behind and uh, that kind of ended up sealing the the fate there. So let me ask you about because you mentioned Concordia Prep moving up to the A conference level. Do do we know enough to know how ready they are for making that jump? Oh yeah, I mean they have like three or four Division One football prospects on the team this year. Uh, they they've got another really good one in in linebacker Sydney Stewart, um, who, who's going to be there next year. Um, so I mean they they've done a really good job under their new um, athletic director slash uh, director of, of player ops Janet King um, and that coaching staff's done a good job of, of bringing in some some talented players and and sort of restocking stuff there. So it, it will be interesting to see them make that jump, but they definitely have the the talent to compete. All right, so now this is you you're really plugged in, obviously, Wes. This is an important question because I've heard rumors that as they make the jump, so you might not know this, but our own Griffin Bass is the play by play voice of Concord prep football i've heard rumors as they make the jump to the a conference they feel like they might need to do even better 
in that department. Like they, they're not sure if, yet if Griffin's ready Jeez. to be an A conference type of play by play guy. Have you you haven't heard any rumors about that as you've been covering Concordia Prep? Have you? No, no, okay, I haven't. All right, all right. I just okay, if you could keep good. poking around on that, that for either. me, yeah, I'd yeah. appreciate that because just some stuff that I've heard in the streets, maybe a little bit. Um, uh, all right, athlete of the week. Who's the athlete of the week this week, Wes? Yeah, so we, we kind of talked about it a couple of weeks back, but but officially now Nick Nick Cyrus there at, at City College. Um, last week we, we mentioned the, the clashing of styles there, and it, it didn't really bode too well for, for Mount Hebron. Uh, Cyrus went for five touchdowns, three on the ground, two passing um, in, in a 42-7 to win there in the, the quarterfinal. Um, it was just, you know, hitting long balls, putting putting together big drives and, and capping them off with rushing scores. So um, he had a huge, you know, city poly game, and now he's he's back up back up in our, our, our athlete of the week after I, a strong quarterfinal. I, I don't remember what the numbers were from the poly game. They were absurd. I mean, they were like video game. Your mind yeah. couldn't even compute it. Set an, he set a new, like, state record for most passing yards in a game, correct, in that, in that one? Yeah, yeah. Is he on the like radar at all as far as recruiting is concerned? I don't know this. St- I mean, it's it's difficult when you're at the public school level. Do, what do what do we know about Nick Cyrus and maybe being a next level player? Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely on the radar. Um, he he is a junior, so he still has that that extra year. But um, City College has has a ton of really good receivers there as well. Um, okay, they're, they're sending one to to Maryland this year. Right. They, they got a couple others in in 2025 who who will come up with him next year, but. Um, he, he's definitely an athlete who, who should have some sort of future at the next level. All right. And anything else? I know this week, obviously, you have Thanksgiving holiday, but we talked about it's it's semifinal week. Anything else that jumps out at you and you say, hey, this needs to be on your radar as we head towards semifinal week? Yeah. So so obviously, besides the Perry Hall game, we that, have, it's the know, most important hard. one by far, Wes. No offense. It's just the most important one there is. Yeah, uh, but besides that one, we got we got Dunbar, um, still just the three seed in in their their state tournament region there, um, still looking to to threepeat after after two titles in a row. But they're they're traveling to face Patuxent on Friday, um, and then we got Linganore hosting Northern out of out of Calvert County. Um, it's a battle of teams that have been just cruising through this postseason. You know, not really many close games at all for them, um, but something's got to give here. You know, out of all these matchups this weekend winning teams move on to Annapolis. So um, all, all the games are on Friday this week, um, some in the afternoon, but most in the evening. Uh, but then we'll move into to next week where we have all the all the state championships down in Navy. All right. Remind everybody about County Sports Zone, what all can be found there, how they can find you and CSE on social media as well. Yeah, so, so you can head over to countysports.zone. We have all the brackets from all the postseasons, you know, the active football, the the, the past uh, sports that have just finished up. Uh, but we've got all the scores and schedules for all the schools uh, across the state of Maryland. Uh, we're going to be in the process of getting up the, the winter schedules as well um, for, for anything to look forward to. Um, and you can find us uh, at CSC Scores on social media, and then I'm W underscore Brown 21. All right. Uh, look forward to previewing the state title games with you next week, sir. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thanks, as always, taking the time for us. Yep, thank you. Wes Brown, County Sports Zone Radio. We do it every Tuesday. I haven't actually heard those rumors, Griffin, but, like, okay, I just – Good, good. I, was, I, I feel mean, like I do nev- trust you because you're more plugged yeah, in. Yeah, you never, more, you never know, right? Yeah. Like, it's obviously a big jump. Obviously yeah, big, a big jump. They might. Maybe it's time to go. To, no, I, I think uh, I think Griffin does a, a fine job in that oh, department. thank you. And I think uh, you'll be ready. Obviously a, a, a big jump, though. Big jump to go yeah. compete at the A conference level moving forward after winning the B conference title this year. Um, 
I, I, I forgot to bring it up, but I think the internet is finding the the thing last night with Jalen Carter trying to intercept the spike. I loved it. Absolutely loved Jalen Carter sliding through the legs of the offensive line to try to come up with an interception last night on the spike at the end of the first half. Like, I've, in my dreams, thought of something like that happening over the years. That somebody just gets through and, like, at least gets a fist on the ball or something, pops it back up in the right. air, and somehow something magical were to occur and, like, a spike is no longer. I, I absolutely loved that. Now, apparently he'd said that he had seen it from um, – he had seen it from a high school game oh, recently. Like, it actually happened. I, I was not aware of that. Like, and that's where he got the idea from to attempt it. And he was damn close. Oh, my close. God. I mean, he was right under it. Like, I mean, like, as you look back at it again, you almost can't believe it didn't hit his hands, right? You're like, wait, how? Because he was that close. Um, and he went the, through the center's legs, didn't he? Yes, correct. <laughs> and the internet has been poking around. And apparently, uh, Dominique Foxworth uh, shared that it was something that Ed Reed would practice. Hmm. Like, that Ed Reed would would attempt to practice intercepting a spike over the years. And, you know, it never happened. But, man, man. Yeah. I would love to have or, seen yeah, it. Or, yeah, something so cool. like. What a cool moment that would have been. They are able to deflect it up. The quarterback just instinctively catches it. And so now he's and running with clock, it or yeah, something like that? Has to run. Oh, yeah, or yeah. they, yeah. So it just kind of completely ruins yeah really cool. maybe not necessarily interception but really really cool i i would now you, now we're gonna have to see what well I, yeah how because I, I was thinking what well, they just turn around and throw it backwards but then that'd be a backwards no pass. you can't yeah. you can't yeah, and so you can't throw it again because you've already the spike is considered a forward pass like you got there's nothing else you can do other than just get tackled or try to run far enough to get out of bounds in a situation like that i mean you could try to bat it down i guess if it bounces back to you that's mm-hmm. really what a quarterback should try to do is just bat the ball back down to the ground. Um, that's what they're taught on a tip drill situation, is that if there's a tip drill and it comes back to you, unless it's unless it's obvious, you're supposed to just try to bat it back down unless to the ground. Unless you're Marcus Mariota. And, uh, yeah, I guess. Then you can complete a touchdown to yourself. <laughs> it's not the only one. It's happened before. All right, when we come back in, um, we will t- chat with our buddy Patrick Stevens. Been a rough start for Maryland basketball. Not a lot of great things going on in general in the local basketball front, but we will uh, find out about what's been happening over the course of the last week. Project Game Day returns this Sunday night following Ravens Chargers. We hope you'll come hang out with us after the game. Myself, Rita, Femi, KZ, the whole crew. You can watch the show Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Find out more. PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day. Project Game Day is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you Sunday night following Ravens Chargers. Patrick Stevens next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along into our number two of a Tuesday edition of the program. If you missed it yesterday, stand the fan Charles Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together to talk a little baseball, talk a little bit about the retirement of former Orioles closer Zach Britton, amongst other topics. You can find that show, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. And if it is a Tuesday here on GCR, that means it's time for us to talk college sports with our guy, Mr. Discourse himself, D1S Course, Washington Post, Blue Ribbon, amongst other places. 
He's our friend Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us now here on the program. Patrick, it's Glenn. Good to chat with you as always, my friend. Thanks for taking the time for us. And thank you for having me. Clark. I dare you to say something pleasant about Maryland basketball right now. Uh, they don't have to play Villanova again. That's true. They do have that go for them, which is oh. nice. <laughs> that, that's about that, that, that's about as good as I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to offer right now. I mean, yeah. uh, not to not to sound like a broken record from last week, but you know, you can't shoot, you're not gonna win. Nope. Like. <laughs> 40 points isn't going to beat very many people. No. Nope. Uh, and so if you're Maryland, you, you need to solve that or it, it real, none, of, none of the other stuff really matters very much. And there, there is other stuff, but if you can't score, it doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I don't really even know, to your point about not trying to sound like a broken record, I genuinely don't know what else there is to say about it. I, I mean, like, this is the how, – how much does any – if they, they were on pace at one point to finish with, like, 26. They, they needed a flurry – in order to get to forty on Friday night, and it's not yeah, the, it, it was it was a barely achieved hashtag quest for forty there. That's for sure. Right. Um, it reminds me, you know, honestly, not not that I'm saying this season is going to turn out this way, but clearly roster construction is a bit of an issue here, right? Um, and you can sit there and say, well, you had guys hurt in the preseason and this, that, and the other. Uh, but you're kind of sitting there looking at that roster and trying to imagine certain guys filling larger roles, and, and there isn't much evidence that some of those guys can do that just yet. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of the last tournament team that Mark Turgeon had, the pandemic season, where you know I thought he did in season one of his best coaching jobs to make the tournament with a with a pretty limited roster, but did one of his worst off season coaching jobs. Getting handing handing him that roster to, to, to play with that year, and I, I look at this for Maryland that uh, you know there wasn't right now. You're staring at you got a couple freshmen that, that you think are going to be good in the long term, and, and that's great. Uh, but in terms of actually helping yourself uh, with some established players and proven guys, and there just wasn't a whole lot added in the portal. And at this point, it, it you're sitting there wondering. How much better are some of these guys that are playing 10 to 20 minutes a game going to be over the long haul? I think it's a fair question. I don't know the answer to that. Right. But with this sort of start, with the ball not going in, like you certainly have to wonder, you know, what is the ceiling for this team, even if Kevin Willard does an insane coaching job over the next several months. So let's let's make the comparison, right? Like that, that as you point out, that was a heck of a coaching job in season by Mark Turgeon. If that could be had, they still have to avoid, you know, like some of the indignity type of losses. And tonight they get UMBC, who's coming off a pretty good weekend and you mm-hmm. know, was competitive against Louisville. Are, are they at risk? Like, it feels like at this point, if you can't score, if you don't shoot the ball, you're at risk of losing to just about anybody that you might play. You are, you are at risk of losing to just about anybody. And this is a UMBC team that has put up 84 points in, in four of its five games. Um, and, yeah, there's a non-D1 in there. Uh, but And, yes, they play at a, at a pretty rapid pace. But this is a game where, you're, if you're Maryland, you're going to have to go score some points. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to get by 65-61 tonight. And, you know, let me just stop there and right. say, I'm not kidding when I say that this could end up being 
you know, like a five-point game or, or worse for Maryland. Uh, because the interesting thing about watching UMBC, I got to see them on Friday against Sacred Heart, is, you know, for a team that's largely new, they're pretty well connected. Hmm. And so they've got, they've got a couple freshmen that are really interesting. Uh, they've got guys like Kydarius Smith and Marcus Banks who have come in and made a difference. Immediately, Deion Brown, I think, is, is prepared to take the next step in, in, in his development. And so you look at them, and you're like, you know, that's a team that, that might be a little better than we thought they were going to be. And, and Maryland is obviously not as good as we thought they were going to be. So it, it would not stun me at all to see UMBC come in and create some problems and certainly force Maryland to make some shots because, uh, you know, UMBC, I know they did score 59 in their loss to Marist in kind of a rock fight type game, uh, but they're going to do their best to push the pace. So, you know, it, it would not surprise me in the slightest to see this as like a 70 possession game. And Maryland's going to need to get into the 70s to win this. Man, what a, what a world. What a world. And like, this is what we're talking about with the Maryland UMBC game. But I'm, I'm with you in everything that you said. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. Um, uh, so obviously we covered UMBC there. I, I guess not really a whole lot else to be said at the local level, unfortunately, from the week. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty lean there. Towson goes down uh, to Charleston and loses three games and doesn't even crack fifty in two of them. Granted, you know they were playing Houston in one of those games and in the other one, uh, North Texas, which has been one of the slowest paced teams in the country over the last few years, gave Wake Forest a decent run, uh, but didn't quite have enough in that one. You look at Morgan State uh, and uh, you know they went out west and, and and got beat pretty good in a couple games against Fresno State and BYU. Uh, Loyola lost both of its games uh, over the weekend at, at UMBC, also lost to Sacred Heart, also lost to Binghamton. So that's a one and four team uh, that heads out to Missouri this week. Uh, you know, you look elsewhere, Coppin State's off to an 0 and 6 start. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a kind of a lean scenario. Mount St. Mary's was somewhat competitive with Georgetown. Navy goes out to San Diego. Uh, and loses a couple games out there. So yeah, not a not a lot to uh, to really pump up there on the local hoops front here in the in the opening weeks for sure. Yeah, kind of an is what it is type of scenario. That said, obviously this is a great week on the national level, including the field out, and it's not Maui this year. It's in uh, on the Big Island, but the field at the Maui event is insane, and it seems like every day there's like today we get two absolutely blockbuster types of games in the semifinals. Yeah, certainly. You get Purdue and Tennessee in one of them, uh, and, and that, uh, that I think should be plenty entertaining. You know, you saw Purdue knock off Gonzaga, which has had great, great success in that event, uh, and so that's a great win for the Boilermakers. Frankly, it, it very well may be, may be better than, any, than pretty much anything other than maybe one or two games that they can win in the Big Ten this season. Yeah. Uh, and then Kansas against Marquette, I think, should be a fabulous game. Marquette uh, being able to get by UCLA last night. Kansas got the got the layup basically against Chaminade. Uh, so that is a Final Four out in Maui is, is is a pretty exceptional group. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And then pretty much any set of championship game that you get out of that, uh, you get two more really great games tomorrow out of that as well. Um, what else as far as all of these you know major events this week? Anything besides the Maui games that jump out at you and you say this one's probably worth like you know trying to figure out what time and what network the game's on to watch this week yeah i mean i i think i think you can always look at the event the uh, bahamas event it's that battle for atlanta oh, yeah. as one of those as one of those tournaments that you can count on i know carolina i think it's a real chance for them to kind of prove like is this is this 
Carolina version better uh, than what we saw a season ago. Uh, so that's uh, that. I think you know that's an event that has Villanova in it. It has an Arkansas team coming off uh, that loss to Greensboro. It has Michigan, Memphis, Texas Tech. Uh, so maybe not quite as classic a grouping, uh, but I think a Villanova-Texas Tech game could be fun. And I, and I think that that Arkansas, uh, an Arkansas-Michigan possibility on the second day of the event uh, could also be pretty good. So so that's that I think is another one of those tournaments that's that's pretty solid. Uh, and I'll also give a little bit of a shout out the the event in Orlando. If not, if for nothing else. Uh, maybe if the if the the field isn't the most fabulous, uh, but you have the possibility of Virginia Tech facing VCU on the second day of the tournament, and you've got Virginia Tech and Texas A and M in that event too. So uh, that's a possible Buzz Buzz Williams reunion uh, with Virginia Tech there uh, on the last day of the event. Florida Atlantic Butler, uh, you know that's at least two names that we've gotten to know because of what they've done in March over the years. Uh, should be interesting to see how FEU responds uh, to that loss to Bryant over the weekend. Uh, it feels like it, we should continue to talk about Cam Spencer, too, who is like really settling nicely right now with UConn, who obviously had a nice little weekend. Yes, and uh, you know, it, it turns out uh, it turns out that 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 was a pretty good move for him, yeah. right? Like they go and they beat Indiana and Texas, uh, and at this point, at this point, that's a team that that needs. Uh, needs a little bit of a boost given that, you know, uh, Castle's out and uh, Klingon who was hurt in the preseason. And so you look at, uh, you look at Cam Spencer uh, last three games, 25 points, 18 points, 16 points uh, doing quite well for the Huskies uh, as he is in his now fifth season of college eligibility. He was able to certainly make a mark on Rutgers last year, uh, making an even bigger impact, I think, uh, for UConn at this point, just a super efficient season so far uh, for uh, for the former Loyola Greyhounds. Any other, you know, obviously I'm not trying to say that Cam Spencer is this, but any other players who are turning heads and like they're they're proving to be like must watch guys early on in the season at the national level that I'm not thinking about. I, I, I think it's a little early to be yeah. to be offering that up at this point. Um, just uh, you know, give it give it a few more yeah, weeks. All right, we can have uh, a conversation. I'm I'm with it. I get that. I I'm I'm sort of settling in, Patrick, for what if this really goes very badly for Maryland, and we need things to talk about over the course of the next couple of months. Is uh is the concern that maybe I have planned out in my mind. Uh, in the meantime, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I will tell you that I combed through the Hall of Fame ballot, which was released this week. We've done all of them. We have done all of the players. Okay. Uh, over the years, so unfortunately, we are back to some ball busters. But um, the way that I know you, you'll probably end up blowing my mind with how you perform. For example, this guy uh, was a three-time All-Star, which I did not realize as I was poking around for a player this week. Um, he had six teams during his career. The relief pitcher is Francisco Cordero. Francisco Cordero. Yeah, yeah. I said ball busters. That's where we're at. Yes. Uh, well, let's start with Texas. He was definitely there. Yep. And he was in Cincinnati for Most sure, certainly right? He was. You've knocked out the longest stretches of his career. There's only one other multi-year stop. Okay. I feel like he was in Detroit at the start. It's, you know what's so funny? I got Detroit. And I'm realizing now that I probably just confused it with Francisco Rodriguez. It is correct. That's where he started in 1999. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I actually about, remember that. 
how about how about I give you a, a re- the, I know this is the hard one. He finished with Toronto, right? He, you know what? He was in Toronto, but technically did not finish with Toronto. Did not. No, there was one more stop right at the end in 2012. He ended up going somewhere else to make six appearances. Okay. Yes. All right. So. So I, I think I have just about exhausted my Francisco Cordero. Right, so you, you are missing, for what it's worth, um, a two-year stop that included one of his All-Stars. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, two years for Francisco Cordero someplace. Um, was he in Colorado? Not Colorado, no. Not in Colorado. Um and was he in Milwaukee? That's the one. That's the two-year stop. Which, yeah. by the way, five for six on Francisco Cordero. Every time I'm like, I got a ball buster for you, Patrick's like, the funny thing about that is, uh, you're missing six games at the end with the Houston Astros in 2012. Okay, that's the only other stop. So, um, I I guess I don't need to give you a layup, but it was the one I had lined up uh, in the news this week. Um, uh, someone who is a two-time All-Star and a World Series champion, and his career will continue in a location where he has already pitched as we go to an active player. Six teams as well for Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, oh gosh. Uh, St. Louis. Of course, where he's headed back. He was, he was in Texas. Yep. He was a White Sox. Sure was. Um, you know, it's funny because this is not one of my, this. What that's one of those players that sort of slips around and you, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily notice him. Um, was he? Uh, was Lance Lynn a? Uh, th- 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 was, was he a Dodger? He most certainly was a Dodger. He was there this past okay, season. I, yep. That's what I. That's what I thought. Yep. I thought he was a Dodger. Um, was he a, a twin for a little bit? Yes, of course he was a twin. You could go six for six. Six for six. I, I don't know if I'm going to get six for he six was here on a Lance trade Lynn. deadline acquisition in 2018 of this team. A trade deadline acquisition in 2018 for this team. Was it Toronto? Oh, no, but so close. He was a Yankee. He was, he was a, Yankee. a Yankee. That was the other spot for Lance Lynn. All right. Uh, what's the schedule look like for you this week, sir? Well, I'll be at Maryland tonight to see what there is to see there. Yeah. Uh, they play UMBC. Uh, American and Mount St. Mary's with a matinee tomorrow afternoon. Yep. 4.30. So 4.30 game in, in, at Bender Arena, so it should be fun dodging traffic on the way home yes. uh, for that one. And then uh, and then you look at uh, um, over the weekend, I think I'll be uh, certainly be at Maryland on, on uh, Saturday night. They play South Alabama. And Sunday, Morgan State comes up to Towson. Looking forward to getting a look at the Bears for the first time. So that's that's what's on the docket. Excellent. At Discourse, of course, is how you follow him. Uh, D1S Course on Twitter. Patrick Stevens, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Let me know if you're up in my neck of the woods this week. And we'll see if we can't get together. Always appreciate you. And we'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? It's... Awesome, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, buddy. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. I saw the number. The number for Maryland tonight is like 20. I don't love it. How, how could you? How could you love that number? Look, there is always the possibility that for whatever reason, they just, like, in the first half they hit a shot, and then this is the night where they hit some shots, and it's it's what you think. But, my God, how could you like Maryland by 
anybody. What's the over under? That's what that's what I think. I'm. I think that might be the play. Just because UMBC does push the pace, they do push the pace. You're right about that. Hang on, I will tell you tonight. Uh, the number is 141 and a half. I mean, yeah. I mean, if the winning team's gonna have to score 70 at least, which we both, which I think we all we all agree. Yeah. 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 The number is uh, moved to 19. By the way, it's coming down. Uh, people, people, people are listening. Already yeah. felt like 20 was too much. <laughs> Uh, again, if you want to sign up right now, Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. So you bet Maryland to cover tonight, and they only win by 14? No problem. No problem. You still get up to $250 depending on what the bet was that you made. If you made a $100 bet, you'll get $100 worth of free bets. If you made a $10 bet, you'll get $10 worth of free bets. And if they win, if you bet Maryland to cover and they win by 50 tonight, which I think is unlikely, that used to be how, man, back in the day, you'll never understand this because you didn't see the era of four-year college basketball players. But back in the day when, like, players would stick around for four years and the scholarship limits were more significant, the disparity in these games. Like, if you got a game... If, like, UMBC came to play Maryland and stayed within 18, it was a thriller. It was you were hanging on the edge of your seat because of that. Um, these used to be one. It's like when we see the D3 teams play now. I, and some of those D3 games yeah. aren't even yeah, like that. But I'm telling you, like, Maryland would bring in, like, a, even a Colgate, somebody like that, and would win by 50 points. Um, it was just the way the college basketball worked back in the day. But it's a different sport these, these days, so the number is 19 tonight. And if Maryland, if you bet Maryland, use the code Glenn Clark 23, they cover, you still get all that in free bets. That's the way that it works, win or lose with Superbook. I think you might be referencing the first Terps game I think I ever went to was a Colgate game. Was it when, it couldn't have been when a Donald Foyle was playing. I don't, I don't know, know that you were was older playing. I was like 9 or 10, so. So what year would that have been? It was either it was, it was was either 09 or 2010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I'm talking back when Maryland oh, okay. was good. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm going back to when they were relevant and mattered, all those things. All right, uh, when we come back in, we will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Our guy, Joe Serpico, still to come this hour. We will talk some Navy football. They got a big game at SMU on Saturday as they try to get bowl eligible and uh, their linebacker, Will Harbor, will join us as well. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along in the 11 a.m. hour of the program. Today's show also brought to you today by, well, this one's brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is still available but only for a few more weeks at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. Print issue of Pressbox. Go pick it up today. Great story from Todd Karpovich about uh, position players that were holdovers from the Duquette regime that were still a part of the success of the Orioles this year, plus a lot of Brooks Robinson memories and uh, college basketball content in this print issue of Press Box. It is Tuesday. That means we need to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday and quite the Baltimore Ravens sort of uh, tinge to Ravens, Raven, uh, uh, Ravens Wire Wednesday is what we can call it. Raven, uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday. Joining us now, courtesy of our friends at Live Casino and Hotel, he is our buddy Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst. Joe, it's Glenn. Happy Thanksgiving, pal. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us, as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. Yeah, we got to get into it, man. So I own Mark Andrews in two different leagues. Um, 
The good news is in I, in one of those leagues, I that was the that was our league where I had drafted George Kittle too, just to try to piss everybody off by hogging all the tight ends. And in the other league, I picked up Dalton Kincaid a couple weeks ago, so I'm okay. Like I've got someone to play, but I I guess the question becomes, how hard should we be going for Isaiah Likely? Are you convinced that he's going to get the bulk of the work or that this will be a bit more split and there won't really be a featured tight end moving forward? Um, it kind of, like, good for you, by the way, for looking out of those two situations there because uh, most people aren't in that in that spot. They are uh, probably digging at the, the bottom of the barrel here. So, yeah, if you're a, a Mark Andrews owner, Isaiah likely is somebody you strongly got to consider. Uh, I was kind of going through the list of like tight ends who I would want above him and not. And it kind of comes like to that line between like Luke Musgrave and Kate Otten, and then maybe even higher than Tyler Higby. So let's say, you know, tight end 10 through 15 there. Um, but let's face it in the fantasy world, uh, that is somebody has got to be grabbed. So you, uh, even if you're a, uh, uh, let's say, you know, because next week there's even more buys, but let's say, you know, you, you definitely need to get him on your roster if you are in one of those spots where you are fielding, let's say, tight ends, you know, 10 through 15. I think I like likely like that a little bit more. So where are you at with, I like, is it worth a flyer? Maybe not a waiver wire, but a flyer on Charlie Kohler if you get to, you get to, to tomorrow and it's, it's, it's 10 a.m. and all the waiver claims have gone through and he's sitting there. Is it worth picking him up? No, I'm not considering him. Even then, you know, your Baltimore-based league, that's that's not really an option for me. Uh, I think, yes, we're going to see, obviously, an uptick for uh, Isaiah Likely, but I also think we're just going to see a lot more of uh, three wide receiver sets. Uh, I also think not you know, not just your top three receivers that we normally talk about. You know, I think even Aguilar is going to get a lot more look than we have seen all season long. Um, the biggest one being, you know, o- OBJ, uh, probably in Baltimore-based leagues, is uh, not maybe widely available, but... He is still available in 60% of most leagues. Uh, so that's somebody, if for somehow somebody is out there, I would grab him because I do think he's going to take some of that work over the middle that uh, Andrews usually has. Yeah, I think that's – Griffin brought that up to me today. He was like, yeah, I'm in a league where OBJ is available. I'm like, what is that league? I need to get into that somehow. How is that possible that OBJ is available? But I get it. Like, he wasn't explosive to start the season, so I certainly can understand, particularly, as you mentioned, around the country, why maybe he's a bit more available. Um, again, just with there being more footballs to go around, is it worth a flyer on Rashad Bateman if he sticks around on the, uh, this week? In the deepest of leagues, yeah, uh, possibly. Again, he, he hasn't gotten the same amount of run that's what Odell has. Uh, Odell just looks like he's getting back more and more to the player that we were maybe seeing a couple of years ago. The, the burst just looks like it's coming back to him, and he's just making plays more. Uh, Bateman, yeah, did have the touchdown this past week, but he just doesn't seem to be – you know, overly used in the offensive game plan. So uh, we know that the tight end is just not going to disappear in the Ravens offense. So I- I'm going, let's just say, look for other options at receiver before I'm going after Bateman. All right. Uh, very good. As far as the Ravens are concerned, I think that handles that portion of the program. Um, there's a name that I saw on Waiver Wire Wednesday this week that I frankly, you know, I- I've been sort of skeptical about that you brought up before. Um, what's going on with Zach Charbonnet? And is he like kind of becoming the guy in Seattle? Yeah, well, especially the case now where uh, Kenneth Walker exited uh, this past week with an oblique injury. Uh, we haven't heard what's the extent of it, whether it's going to be uh, 
uh, a lot of time missed, but he's definitely got to be a priority add. Kind of like we were talking about the past couple of weeks, you know, the reason why I say to stash these handcuffs is for reasons like this, especially now that we're getting into the latter portion of the season. Uh, it could be a case where maybe that Walker, you know, misses the rest of the campaign. And Charbonnet was already getting a lot more run in recent weeks. Uh, he was actually getting more, more and more snaps than uh, Walker as of late. And another note that uh, I kind of figured out was that he's got 60 plus yards in three to past four games. And that was with him being a backup primarily. So, if he gets the feature role, you can almost hope that he's going to get 100 yards every game, and that's that's the name of the game in fantasy. There's no question about that. I mean, that would be magical to pick up a player like that at this point, frankly. <laughs> like That seems almost impossible. Joe Serpico with us. Waiver Wire Wednesday brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Um, Joe, I, I, I before I get to some of the other guys on your list this week, I just wanted to bring up, if, if you are a Joe Burrow owner, and you're scrambling now. Obviously, Browning is not going to be, I don't think, the answer for you. What could be out there that could be of help at this point at the quarterback position? Yeah, so I kind of was, and I kind of knew this question was coming, and I kind of had a, a line of where I would basically cut off, of like, who is fantasy serviceable and who's not. Um what we've seen from Josh Dobbs as of late, if he's somehow still available, snatch him up. But it doesn't look like, based on what I've seen, he's actually got way more uh, usage than I thought. Um, Jordan Love had a pretty solid game this past weekend. He's looked a lot better in recent weeks. He did have a little, uh, let's say, uh, down month in October, but he has looked a little bit better in the past couple weeks. Uh, if Stafford, for some reason, somehow out there. But, I mean, those are kind of guys that I think are maybe uh, rostered. So, like, I kind of draw the line at where Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew are, and that's if you're really, really desperate because I don't really want anything to do with, let's say, Desmond Ritter or Pickett, DTR, even if you know when Flacco comes back, I'm not really considering that, yeah. or, uh, or Aiden O'Connell. So, like, you know, it's really it's the worst-case scenario for me is probably Gardner Minshew. What a world. <laughs> what a, exactly. what a exactly. world we're living in. Where we could be talking about Gardner Minshew as your fantasy quarterback. Ah, ah, that sounds gross. All right, um, uh, tell me about why I should be thinking about Elijah Moore. Uh, just because increased usage in the past couple of weeks ever since the trade of Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, he's getting seven or more targets in every game this year except for three. It's just uh, the connection hasn't always been there now. Uh, we're kind of hoping with, you know, there's kind of the rumor, well, it's not even a rumor anymore, Flacco is going there. It's just a matter of waiting to see uh, when he takes over that job. Uh, I do think that's going to help out the passing game uh, a little bit. Obviously, Amari Cooper is still your number one. I think uh, with the way things are currently, uh, Jake is probably the best receiving option on that team right now. But Elijah Moore, he, they also try to get him involved in gadget plays and things of that nature. Uh, so I just think uh, there's somebody that they're just going to get the ball a little bit more, and he's just been widely uh, under roster so i figured not a whole lot of guys out there that are uh, super exciting at receivers so i figured he's one i would throw out there hey, hey it is weak go ahead we're Grant. desperate yeah. guys we're desperate yeah, i know guys. that's where we are as a, so i am a joe burrow owner burrow owner i have sam howell but uh you know i mean Don, danny devito just tossed three touchdowns last week yeah, is is there yeah. any you know any legitimacy to to danny devito being a possible fantasy you're, really, you're gonna stick with that you're gonna stick what? with danny devito that's I mean, gonna be your bet. I, I don't like sam howell either but. 
I much rather have Sam Howell than Danny DeVito. Let's just put it that way. I think it's only a matter of, I mean, I'm not exactly sure when Tyrod Taylor's coming back, but there is talk that he possibly could. Um, so I would much rather hold on to Howell, who's at least the you know, starting quarterback. And uh, Howell's actually top five in passing yards on the year. Now his offensive line stinks. So I think that's more what's the situation in uh, Washington. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. go ahead. Uh, I, I, I had Tutu Atwell early in the season uh, when Cooper Cup was down for four games. Um, Cooper Cup got another injury. I know it's not like supposed to be that long term, but I guess there's there's a potential chance of it. Would you? I think on behalf be of all Puka off? Nakua owners, just take his time. Just take his time. Don't rush back. You know, make sure everything's okay. I just I'm I want to look out since you're not. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure I look out for Cooper Cup and his health. <laughs> Uh, is two two out well worth a waiver ad or should I wait and see? Wait, like try to wait after uh, waivers. I, I would wait till after waivers, but he is definitely he was somebody I was considering putting on there because of the cup injury. Uh, we saw he definitely got a lot more looks when Cup was banged up earlier in the season, and then you know the Nakua was a true number one. Uh, ever since they've kind of been together, it's been one week one, one week the other. So yeah, you, you know if you're a Nakua owner, you're, you're probably liking this, but. Uh, yeah, if you're in the like super desperation mode, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to uh, let's say use Tutu as a flex guy, but I'm not necessarily uh, putting in the waiver claim for him. You good? I think so. All I think right. So, yeah. uh, Ryan wants to know if, based on what you heard from John Harbaugh yesterday, there's any reason to hold on to Mark Andrews. Uh, I guess that means it's not a dynasty league, or if we're safe to just go ahead and drop him for whatever waiver claims we're putting in this week. Yeah. It's- I mean, I know they're, they're holding out a little bit of hope, but it sounds like if he does come back, it's more like a postseason kind of thing as opposed to a uh, fantasy playoffs kind of thing. And let's face it, come fantasy playoffs, you need surefire things. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm probably sending him to the waiver wires, unfortunately. Up it kind of hurts to do so. I was somebody who traded for Joe Burrow the day before he got hurt. So oh. hit and drop today. Oh. Hit and drop today. Hurt a little bit. So oh. I feel your pain. But yeah, Andrews is the guy you got to uh, send to the waiver wire. I mean, are you thinking about suing the league? Did you not? You I mean now that you know that he was wearing a wrist brace and he didn't show up in the injury report? Are you considering a lawsuit at all, Joe? No, I will just uh, count my losses and yeah. try to figure out from there. I I'm, were, just, I'm just. I'm still feeling good about my team. It's just yeah, that, if, that that was a big stinger. If I were I you, I think I could stream the rest of the way. I would be hopefully. considering my uh, losses. Uh, can you offer a hug to Devon Achan owners who were very excited only to get one yard before he was gone again? Yeah, so I think I told you guys he was another one that I he was part of uh, the Burrow trade. So uh, I fortunately didn't have to start him. I had some other options because I was a little bit worried about him coming back from. Uh, from an injury, and good thing I, uh, you know, held true to my gut there because yeah. I, now they said he could could have came back in. I'm, you know, I'm a little weary of that. Uh, I do think the one positive thing was that uh, Jeff Wilson was uh, a healthy scratch. So that does tell you what they think of uh, HN if healthy. That it's going to be his. Uh, he's going to get a lot of work there. But yeah, you know, I feel bad for people that started him this week and then within minutes uh, that was. Uh, a kick in the groin. Yep, it did. It it was not great. Not fun is the way that I would describe that feeling. All right. Uh, anything else we need to cover for this week, Joe? Uh, to, just because I was super desperate for finding you guys uh, waiver options, I threw out a defense this week. 
uh, Rams defense just because they but, have um, a couple good matchups moving forward, and more importantly, Joe, uh, their playoff matchups are great. But on, yeah, on that's, waivers, uh, that's though, where we're at. You're using a that's waiver what? claim on the Rams defense. Waiver claim, no, but I'm offering yeah, suggestions right, for right. somebody to use grab after the fact. All Let's right. put it that way. All right, I would trying to help that. where I can here when right. I when we're super desperate, we're grasping for straws here it's for uh, any addition. Let's be real. No doubt, it is very very bad. All right, at Joe Serp on Twitter, and you can see all of his content throughout the week, including, of course, Waiver Wire Wednesday at PressBoxOnline.com. And don't forget, I mean, there's four games before Sunday this week, so make sure you are checking your flex spot and making sure that none of the players in those games, in the you know Cowboys, Commanders, or Seahawks, 49ers, or I don't even remember who the Lions, who are the Lions playing on? on pa- yeah, Packers. Packers, Packers yeah. Lions, Packers, and, of course, Dolphins, uh, 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 Jets. Make oh, sure right, that yeah. all those guys are not in your flex spots on these Thursday, Friday games. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk again next Tuesday. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. Talk to you soon. That's our guy, Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst, joining us here on GCR. It was not a good fantasy week for you, boy. Devon A. Chan. I, I like texted between Mark Andrews getting hurt and Devon A. Chan getting hurt. <laughs> Very difficult for me to overcome in two leagues. Two leagues where I was kind of. I I don't know how I have the most points scored in a league that I'm five and six in. That's and rough. I am grasping That's rough, at man. the final playoff spot. That is right really now. rough. It is. is Justin it is... Jefferson going to play this week? For God's sakes. I was hopeful. I, so I was going against somebody who had Jefferson, and really? I was hopeful. And then uh, and then I just started all the wrong. I just started the complete wrong guys in every single spot. Wait, My no. bench outscored. My uh, my starting line not great. It was not. Who was on yeah. your bench? Uh, I benched Calvin Ridley because I was like, hey. I'm di- I'm tired of this. I'm di- I'm tired yeah. of Calvin Ridley. And, I uh, had Lawrence on my bench. I would have I played Stroud over Lawrence, which I think was a smart thing to do. But the 18 points would have been a difference for me. I, I would have won. I played Deontay Johnson and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they got me combined five. I believe. Yeah. AJ Brown didn't do anything last <laughs> night either. It was a weird, weird week in fantasy football. It's what it is. So uh, so it is. By the way, uh, speaking of Deontay Johnson, of course, we haven't talked yet about Matt Canada mm. this morning. Uh, oh, you know what? Because uh, uh, you know, Serpico was brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel, you just want to remind everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel real quick. Yes. Uh, I did. I uh, was not lo- a loser last night. I had a good parlay of a coach of the unders hit. Well, you picked. You were a loser well, last yeah, night. We yeah. have to address that in a second. You were a big loser last night. I didn't night. lose any money last night. Uh, you might have lost some dignity. Purdue in a UConn money line parlay. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, but if luck was not on your side, like if, for bets. example, you took Griffin's advice and you bet the Chiefs last night, should have won. Marquez, they, they did. Scantling. I'm not sure if you saw the game. They lost. Not an NFL receiver. Yeah, I don't disagree. If luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, you can get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be, will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum, and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, and cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday only at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adorano Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, final game relevant for picks this week went down last night. 
And uh, it was good news for some of us, say, at the top of the table, right? Like, it was good news for your boy, GC. It was good news for John and Little Rock. It was good news for Andrew Stecka. Uh, I went 6-3 and three this week. John and Stecka both went 7-2. and two. So now at the top of the table, John and Little Rock, 59-45, and 45, one game in front of your old pal, two games in front of Stecka, KZ, and Dr. Nick Kelly. Very good news for KZ and Dr. Nick Kelly. Very, very good news for them. They needed that one last night because it salvages for them a four and five week. Uh, the news not quite as good for two particular people on our list. News not quite as good for Kyle Ottenheimer, who's now five games back. And not quite as good for Griffin, who is now v- tied for Scott Scat stat position. So remember, if Jeremy is the loser loser, then the vice loser has to go by themselves to a Creed show next summer. And that's Vice Loser. We would have a tiebreaker, I guess, for Vice Loser in the Super Bowl if we get to that point. But um, our, pal G, our pal Griffin Bass, he and Kyle Ottenheimer were both on the Chiefs last night at home. And they were both losers. And they both went 3-6 and six for the week. And so they were the losers in our side bet. So I am to understand that tomorrow... No Drew Forrester, but we'll somehow make do. Our our old pal KO, Kyle Ottenheimer, is going he's never been in this building, I don't know. No, believe. he has not. To tell him how to get here. And he doesn't like I living did. he doesn't like leaving the city. Not a fan of leaving the city, Kyle. Um so he's gonna come hang out with us in studio tomorrow? Correct. That's the plan? Yes. And you and he will both enjoy So is it are you gonna time it out that like he can stop and pick up, or uh, you're gonna maybe get bur- that is, maybe or that you'll is. get burgers. That, that's an idea. That's an idea. We'll figure it out. I mean, you'll definitely. I will. I will have to Venmo him. There is <laughs> the the nine dollars for. There is no doubt. That that's the way that will have to go for, for two McFlurries and burgers. Well, you you tell you fan, either you get that figured out. You okay. get a burger tonight and a McFlurry in the morning. Whatever you got to do in order to take care of it. The two of you work that out. All right, and I it, I can handle Venmoing. I will cover. I don't know why I didn't lose, but I'll cover the costs. Because America, but you guys work that out, and tomorrow you will both enjoy your Jameson Williams burgers here on the program. That's the plan? Yes, that is the plan. All right. Fortunately. I look forward to it. I look forward (laughs) to it. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be absolutely wonderful. So that'll be uh, tomorrow here on GCR. Right now here on GCR, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his very busy schedule. You got the video, right? Um, Oh, yeah, I guess. Way to go. Dynamite producing is what we call that. I see he's going to play the audio, and I think, aren't we doing a video thing now? Isn't that the idea here? And all of a sudden, Griffin says, oh, right, yeah. Then he'll call him the best producer in baseball for nothing. How long do you need me to pad for now? Um, you you tell me. Keep padding? Yeah, keep padding because... Oh, we didn't even mention Matt Canada was fired. That was I was trying to get to that with Deontay Johnson. Jesus. Matt Canada was fired. You okay? The link is uh, uh not probably because I deleted it, assuming that you had downloaded it. We definitely have the audio. No, no, we can fix this. <sighs> my, my my apologies. Yeah, yes, very much your apologies, pal. Very much that. <sighs> I love you. I need you to know that I I love well, you. Thanks. But thanks. It's just very, very disappointing. <laughs> That we yeah. we try to do things, we try to try to make them work, 
And uh, you want me to throw out a preview tidbit or something, or just while we're? I I feel bad for everybody. Navy told everybody to tune in at eleven forty-five, mm-hmm. and th- we're going to talk to Will Harbor. But the dirty little secret is we pre-recorded it, and a, a couple weeks back, we decided that we we're going to purposely pre-record videos so because we can play the video back now. We don't just have to play the audio back, and that looks better than you just staring at my dumb face while I'm not actually doing an interview. That was something that we worked on and we had a whole conversation about. Or at least I thought we did. So that's that's the problem that we're dealing with here, is that I sent Griffin the video of the conversation that we had, and he just sort of forgot about that whole deal. Maybe because you were still distracted by the McFlurry. Is that what it was, that you were still panicked about that? Uh, Steelers fired their offense coordinator, Matt Canada, this morning. Um, somebody would say, what took them so long? I, I, I get it. I just don't. I saw our friend Aditi Kinkabwala from CBS tweet something yesterday about how it didn't work with certain quarterbacks until they were paired with certain coordinators. Maybe. Like, maybe. I certainly can't say it's impossible that you could put another coordinator with Kenny Pickett and they could – make him a better player, but I'm not betting on it either. I think that Kenny Pickett is very much a part of the problem as well. not saying that I think that absolves Matt Canada of blame, but um, I get it. They had to do it. I don't think it's going to make – I'm not suddenly going to be fearful of the Steelers just because they moved on from Matt Canada. All right. As I was saying a minute ago, had to do this a little bit earlier on because of their preparations for the SMU game. But we had the opportunity to catch up with Navy linebacker Will Harbor here on Glenn Clark Radio. We're joined now here on GCR by a senior captain of the Navy football team. They are coming off a shutout win over East Carolina and getting ready for a big game at SMU on Saturday as they try to get bowl eligible. He is linebacker Will Harbor, and he's with us here on GCR. Will, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, man, I, it's been amazing to see you guys, this defense, what you guys have been able to put together this season. Um, can you kind of walk me through, like, I, I know it seems like a dumb guy question, hey, why is your defense so good? But I'm going to go there first, right? Like, what is it about this unit that you guys have just been so suffocating this season. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think a huge thing is the guys just come to work every single day, and every single day we look to get better, uh, that 1% better every single day, and stack days and really focus on the things, um, you know, that we aren't the best at in practice. So then when it comes to the game, we're all, we're all good to go. Shutouts don't happen this frequently in college football, right? Like, this is just not something that happens. You've had three this season, two against, you know, FBS competition. What does it mean for your group to record a shutout? It it really is a big deal for you to do something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a ton of fun. And, I mean, obviously, it means a lot. It shows – it shows – uh both that coach coach Volker had a great plan and that we executed at a high level. Um, so, you know, doing, doing both of those at the same time, it's a great experience, it's, man. It's fun. I can only imagine, right? Like there's gotta be a lot of high fives at something oh, yeah. like that. It's going on. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, will, you know, I, let me, let me go backwards and then we'll go forwards. Right. Uh, your story 
from Texas. When did you know that like the Naval Academy, it's different than I'm sure a lot of your friends who were playing mm-hmm. football. When did you know and why did you know that the Naval Academy was the right spot for you to be? Um, so I started looking up uh, into the Naval Academy like winter of my junior year. That's where I really started to think about like that's where I want to be. Um, and then I, I came on a visit in July or j- late June here and that's when i knew it was this was the place for me what okay did you know how much did you know was there any navy in your family was there any history there like what what was the connection that that got you there no there's no no connection really at all honestly yeah so yeah just did did my research and uh kind of knew a little bit about the place um then I came here, visited, you know, talked with the coaches, um, and I just, I just fell in love, fell in love with the place. And and the the service aspect of it, that was something that that you were you were good with, you were excited about, maybe even. Yeah, you know, I always wanted to be a part of uh, something bigger than myself and more than just a football player. So uh, getting the opportunity to, uh, you know, serve serve my country um, is huge. Wow, that's really, really cool. So I know, um, did you just get your service assignment? Yes, sir. So what'd you get? I got Navy pilot. Okay, man, that is, now wait a second. Okay, we got to go, we got to take, ask the question. Does it have anything to do with Top Gun at all? Like, does that? No. Okay. What what was the reason why, why did you want to become a pilot? Uh, I did a training over the summer. Uh, where I got to fly like a small plane and I loved it, everything about it, uh, to learning all the small nitty gritty details to actually getting in the plane and flying it. And it was just so much fun. So I knew, I knew that was what I wanted to do. So it's about as badass as I can possibly imagine. First of all, second of all, it means a little more to me. My grandfather was a Navy pilot. And so I think about him a lot in that moment. Do you have a cool Navy pilot nickname already lined up, or is it still something you're working on? Uh, definitely still something I'm working on. Okay. We're going to have to come up with something, man. Definitely. We need a cool call sign, obviously for you as you move on to Navy pilot. That's amazing. Dude, what's that experience? Like the feeling like we're chatting with Will Harbor here on GCR Navy linebacker, the flying a plane, right? Like what is, Dude, you know, obviously playing football is really cool and you're doing really cool things already. But what is that experience like when you go up there and you do that for the first time? How does that compare to playing football, the thrill of being a pilot? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was just a small like little Cessna, but I mean, it was still so much fun. Uh, we, I got to solo, would just fly by myself uh, one time at the end of my training and um it's kind of like a football game. You know, you, you have the nerves like before. So like before you take off and then you take off and you're flying and then you kind of like relax and like you really start to enjoy it and like you're having fun. Dude, um, that, yeah, I mean, so that is fun. that is so cool. Are there are were you nervous? Like, like really? Like, did you have anxiety? OK, I'll compare this. Right. I jumped out of a plane for the first time two years mm-hmm. ago. Right. And yeah. I'm I'm not someone who deals with anxiety in my life much, right? Yeah. Like I'm 40, I've gotten over all that. I I have mm-hmm. some control. The night before, 
I couldn't sleep. I had a full-blown panic attack the night before I jumped out of a plane. When you say you're dealing with nerves, is it like, yeah, okay, but I'm Will Harbor, like I'm I- I'm a badass, I know I've got this, or is it genuine, like holy F, I'm about to fly a plane? No, I mean I think I think the first the first time you get in the plane, um is definitely like a little bit like that. Uh, cause it's kind of like throw us in there and we, and we have someone, uh, like a teacher next to us, like helping us fly Okay. in, in the plane at, at the beginning. So like the first flight, that's how it was. But then, uh, we had like 10 flights. So by the 10th flight, when I did it by myself, it was like, I, I know what to do. Like, like this is, this is going to be fun. That's cool, man. That is so cool. cool. All right. Uh, SMU this Saturday, it's a big one, obviously for a couple of yes, reasons. Sir. First being um, your bowl eligibility, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I know that I, I, boy, we could talk about the fact that they don't let the army game count, and I got a whole thought process there, but I will spare you that. I, that's for me. I'll, I'll handle that later. But for, for the, for the fact that you guys went through a coaching change, and you know, like a, a tough start against Notre Dame, and the, the ups and downs of this season, what would it mean to you guys? to get this done and get ball eligible in your first year with a new head coach. You know, I mean, it would, it would truly be amazing. And it, and it would just show the dedication um, of this team. You know, like you said, we didn't start off at like we wanted to. Um, uh, so it would just show the dedication and the grind that we should continue to show up every day and that we were ready to, uh, to keep pushing and fight through, you know, all this adversity, you know, when, when we could have definitely been like we're three and five or I think that's what we were three and five. So, you know, it's not really looking our way uh, and then just give up honestly. But uh, the, the guys have been pushing. Um, so, you know, get, get, in a, get into a bowl game. Uh, that would be awesome for us. Well, then for you personally, right, like how much family, how many friends are going to be in attendance for you when you get down to Dallas this weekend? Like, is there an entire Will Harbor section that you're going to have behind you? Yeah, yeah, like there there totally will be. I think I have like 30 or something people coming, so. Does this... It'll be it'll be fun. Is there any amount of like it's a little personal to you? Is there any amount of like you know, hey, you guys could have had me. Look 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 at me now. Is there any amount of that when you make a trip like this? Yeah, you know, there, there's a little bit. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> definitely a little. There's definitely a little bit. Like there's that whenever we played UNT too. Like yeah. just those like North uh, North Texas schools. Um, so. There, there's a little bit, but you can't get your mind like wrapped around that. It's just like a little extra help, motivation. Yeah, yeah right. No, it's healthy, right? It's obvious. You always need an, a little chip on your shoulder. Yeah, you need exactly. something to to further motivate you for a big game. That's a lot. Look, you know, the other side of it is obviously that's a really good team you're going oh. up against. Yes, sir. Can't hurt to have a little more motivation for a game like this. Um, sure. Will, I mentioned Coach Newberry, right? And obviously someone that you've been getting to know for years. How how he has been thrust into this role? How has he, you know, been different? And and what has he done um, that, that's led to you guys putting together the type of season that you put together this year? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's done a really good job of pushing us to our limits and pushing guys to be the best that we could be. Uh, and I think that's huge. And, you know, even though sometimes, like I said, when we're down and, you know, we didn't get the win we wanted, um, you know, to, to watch film, to emphasize, to watch film, see what we did wrong and go out on the practice field and, you know, correct it and get better at those things. Um, so then we can continue to improve and get better. And obviously, um, we, we've done that. So just like he, he's really hard on just continue to better your craft every single day and keep pushing. Uh, it's been impressive to see. There's no question about that. Just another couple of minutes here with Will Harbor, of course, Navy SMU. Coming up on Saturday down in Dallas, Will, the, of course, million-dollar question is, how are you feeling about the uniforms for the Army game? They uh, they look pretty cool to me, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I love them, you know. Uh, I like the really, like, midnight blue. Yeah. Midnight navy. I, th- I think it's sick. Um, it's kind of... It's yeah, they're they're awesome. The detail and the helmets are always amazing. Um, I love the radar and the sub on it. Um, they're they're incredible. What does it mean to you guys? This is always interesting to me. The community, of course, of of Navy athletes to represent maybe a group within the Navy that doesn't get a whole lot of attention when it comes to those that are serving on submarines, right? Like I know the term is being used as silent service and I don't want to pretend like no one knows that Mm -hmm. there are guys that are serving on submarines, but it is maybe a group that you don't think about quite as much. What does it mean to your team to say, okay, yeah, let's go, let's go represent this group this way. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. What they do is huge. Um, you know, they, they go underwater and stay underwater for, for months, yeah. months on end. And, um, uh, you know, what they do, uh, everyone up here should be, you know, forever grateful for, because it's, it's a hard task, you know, uh, not, not seeing the sun for that long and, um, being a grind. So if, if anything was to happen in the world, um, there, there will be a sub somewhere ready ready to defend our country dude it's i'm I'm so glad that like that means something to you guys i think it's so cool the community um of you guys and i i just i i I don't know the the uniforms are always cool like let's just be flat about that right like the every year i'm just like man how are they gonna top that like that's the coolest (laughs) thing ever and then i see the next one i'm like okay all right (laughs) they've done it uh it's remarkable um, a little painful for us. Uh, you're a pretty big Texas Rangers fan, correct? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, that one was, uh, I'm imagining it wasn't possible for you to like sneak up for a playoff game when they were in Baltimore. Was yeah. It? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. But, um, what does it mean to, I, oh, this is so, uh, this is very difficult for us to talk about Willis. I'm sure you'd understand it's, it's not easy, yeah. but but what does it mean to you? First ever World Series win, like yeah. were the emotions real for you? Yeah, I mean it was awesome watching them win. It was, uh, always had the game on when I was like doing homework or something, um, and seeing them just go out there to compete and you know kick kick some butt. Uh, it was it was so so amazing, you know, to see see what they put together. It's awesome. Uh, I say it's awesome. I'm not going to look, I'm lying. It's not awesome for us. It was very, very difficult yeah. because we were so excited about the Orioles. And then it just, 
just couldn't have ended in a more painful way. And then, hey, before I let you go, I, you know, and I also saw this having perused your social media. Um, I got to know Diego really well over the years that he was here. Could could you tell me about what what he meant to you and what you learned from him? Perhaps one of the the more special players in recent memory, uh, Navy football history. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's like my older brother. Um, I look up to him a lot. And, uh, you know, what he did here was amazing, uh, how, how he came to work every day. Um, I take pride in, in how he did that and how I can, you know, uphold that standard. Um, how just to continuously come to work and, um, you know, push myself and push those around us to be like the best we could be on that field. So. And, you know, obviously he was, dude, he was in a league of his own when it came to like the intensity mm-hmm. and um, just overall ability. And it's been cool to see you carry that on and um, you continue to ride. And I, you know, we, God, we can't wait to see the next couple of games, right? Like, cannot yeah, wait to see it, man. Uh, Will, I know you're on Twitter, of course, at Will Harbor 40. That's with a U in Harbor at Will Harbor 40. And are you on Instagram by chance? Yeah, it's just William Harbor. William Harbor. Give him a follow mm-hmm. there as well. Will, first of all, congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far. Um, may it continue with two more massive wins to wrap up. Make it, sorry, three more massive wins to wrap up this season. And uh, also, thank you for choosing to serve our country. And we really look forward to seeing what's next for you in your life as well. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning here on GCR. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it a lot. That's Will Harbor, the uh, linebacker, senior co-captain of the Navy football team as they get ready for SMU on Saturday and try to get bowl eligible. And uh, not going to be easy. Very good SMU team. But Navy has been playing good football. Defensively, they have been outstanding. As I mentioned, three shutouts now on the season, two which have come against FBS opponents. Pretty impressive from uh, Navy's defense as they've been leading the way and they got a great opportunity to get bowl eligible this week and then the Army game after that. So it could be a very exciting close to the season for Navy football. We are winding down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Um, Tidbit will be brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. And I know we said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again. We don't know yet. As soon as I know, I'll tell you. I know a lot of guys snuck away this weekend and we're off you know, doing family things and taking advantage of a couple days away from the team. So I will let you know as soon as I know who will be joining Tyus. We'll tell you on social media. We will tell you as soon as we know who the guest will be for tonight. But come on, man. It's uh, Thanksgiving week. you got some friends in town. Just make your plans and come join us tonight at uh, Mother's North Grill in Timonium for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great 8's memorabilia. Brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. What you got? Uh, Deron Bland, I didn't mention yesterday, but Deron Bland got another pick six yesterday. Four right on the season? Four on the season. He became the fourth player with four pick sixes in one season. Do you have any idea who the other three are with four pick sixes? No, but I don't know. Dion. No. Ed Reed. No. Yeah, it's not the usual. Oh, good. Culprits. Oh, it's, good. Uh, it is. There, there's a. There, there's Champ a Hall of Bailey. Famer. No. Daryl Green. They did it in the years 1971, 72, and 93. I'll give them to you. No, well, hang on a second. I don't think. I mean, I don't think. Well, you're saying they're Hall of Famers, though. One of them. The only, only the one who did it in 1971 went on to become a Hall of Famer. All right, 
Ken Houston is the Hall of Famer. Didn't he just get into the Hall of Fame too recently? Is it really? Is that I think it was weird. Uh, Jim Kearney. In sure. 1972, and then sure. in 1993, uh, Eagles cornerback uh, Eric Allen. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, there you Allen's go. That is the list that Deron Bland joins in his second season with the Cowboys. Ken Houston got into the Hall of Fame in... Why does it not tell me? I'll tell you. It's in the Hall of Fame. Why? Why? Who cares when? We know that, but yeah. I would like to know what year. Why does that... What, 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 is the point of, what is the point of Wikipedia? Like, you can't find that. Like it seems like a pretty significant moment. Uh, oh, 1986. I was totally wrong. He's been in the Pro Football Hall. Okay, Who good got in him. recently though? Then that was somebody from that era. All right, whatever. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Maui, the Maui Invitational. Yes. Uh, of course. Uh, is the th- this is the third MTE ever the multiple team uh, events for third MTE MTE ever with four top ten teams into the semifinals. Sure. Um, yeah, there no are, chance. Don't don't. <laughs> there are two others. Yeah. Stop. What are we doing? The 1958 Dixie Classic. Ah, the old Dixie Classic, uh, di- di- which, of course, was named after your uh, future right, ex-wife, right. Dixie yeah. D'Amelio. Yeah. Of course, yeah. It was named, in 1958, it was named after. Yeah. And then in 1957, the uh, Kentucky Invitational. Of course. Can you name any of the teams in any of the... UCLA. No. Well, uh, no, no, sorry. Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky was in the hey! Kentucky Invitational. What an idea. fifth at the time. Kansas. Kansas was not in Indiana. Um, no. Louisville. No, it doesn't. Um, uh, Nor- you want to keep guessing? No, go ahead. North Carolina was uh, actually in both of them in 57 and 58. So was NC-, NC State was in the Dixie Classic along with Michigan State and Cincinnati. Oh, oh I just found out the guest for tonight. Oh, do you want to share it or do we want to? Um, Ke- <laughs> Keenan Allen. Did you see the video that the Chargers put together? Put, they, they, put, they dropped a two and a half hour long video. They were like, because Keenan Allen surpassed 10,000 career receiving yards last weekend, and they were like, F it, all 10,000 yards of Keenan Allen's career. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> kind of great. And a two-and-a-half-hour video on I Twitter. love that, actually. I think it might have even been longer, actually. I don't know, but it was a, it, they posted <laughs> I, every single I, catch I and receiving yard of his career. I genuinely love that. Yes, it was, uh, it was very good. Well, he had eight catches uh, in their loss on Sunday. He became the fifth player to have 50 games of eight catches in a game. Fifth player. Fifth player to with have eight catches to have eight catches in fifty, 50 games. Fifty games with eight catches. Correct. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is of course on the list. He's tied with Jerry Rice with fifty exactly. Boy, that I mean like Wes Welker could be on that list. Wes Welker is in the top he's not in the top five, but he is in the top eight with forty four such games. Do you want to expand it out to like? No, I don't. Okay. I, I don't. But I, I was on. I, I'm glad that I was on the right track. Yes. Thinking that, like, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is number one on this list. Really, 57 games with eight plus catches. Julio Jones. Julio Jones is uh, once again just outside. He's one behind Wes Welker. Of course, still active. So maybe he'll he'll catch. Wes that is Welker. true. They were throwing a lot underneath to him last yeah. night. <laughs> Forty three such games for Julio. Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison is number two on the list. 51 games for Marvin Harrison. You said how many guys? There are five guys, so I'm missing two more. Missing one more. Yeah, you have Because I got, right. You got Keenan Allen. Uh, Steve Smith. Not Steve Smith. Where is Steve Smith at? Uh, 33 for Steve Smith. Reggie Wayne. Not Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne had 35. Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden is just outside. He is at sixth on the, uh, sorry, seventh on the list. Isaac Bruce. 45. No Isaac Bruce. Torrey Holt. 
No Tory Holtz. Tory Holtz had 32. Isaac Bruce is a little further down. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Hey. 50. Exactly 50 as well. Tied with Keenan Allen and Jerry Rice. So there's hey. your top five. Number six was Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. God. All right. I'm glad you cut it off there. <laughs> Don't ever. I'm good with never recognizing him whatsoever. All right. Uh, very good. That's uh, tidbit tubular. Uh, should, so should I say? I mean, I don't know. I guess it's. I mean, you're gonna tweet it out eventually, so. Yeah, I mean. All right, I'll, I know you'll uh, tell me in two seconds. It's so one of I'm our wrong. favorites. He's oh. uh, been a regular with us over the years. Uh, love this guy. Um, very committed to a charity that I care about a great deal. Pat Ricard, mm. uh, Project Pancake Pineapple Pat will be uh, the guest. He never, he was never okay with pineapple. Why pineapple? Because he uh, supports pineapple on pizza like a good American no. should. Yeah, no, that's that's he should be quite proud of himself. Good for him not going with that name. Well, I, I mean, I, he wasn't opposed to it. It was more like, let me wait a second before we put that out there. But Pat Ricard will be his. Uh, his Twitter was great when, uh, when. Patrick Queen and uh, who was going? Oh on? yeah, who Jermaine was Pratt, right? Yeah. Was that who it was? Yeah. God, what a. And he just replies with a picture of him. Right. Like, <laughs> what an absolutely Jermaine Pratt's insane. Like Jermaine Pratt is like your idiot friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, but if Burrow hadn't gotten, like, what the f, dude? And he knows that Queen and Burrow were team, or yeah, they were team. Yeah. Like that's this is guy. Yeah. Right. Like and, and he loves Joe like, Burrow. <laughs> but like. Dude, what is that? Weird bit, man. Yeah, well, 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 you know, you know, I mean, like, well, well, like, God, Jermaine Pratt, dude, like, get a hold of yourself, buddy. Somebody working with him has just got to be like, bro, just stay off Twitter. Like, you're going to be okay. It's worked well for everybody else that's made that decision. They just stayed off Twitter, and it's been a good thing for them. But, yeah, Pat Ricard will join us tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Looking forward to that. That'll be an awful lot of fun. All right, Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Of course, the Tyus Bowser Show with Pat Ricard, 7 o'clock, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. UMBC Maryland at 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network. I, it, who knows, man? Big one. Could be a could be a meaningful night for UMBC folks. Could be. Uh, getting ready uh, to get underway in a few minutes on Flow Hoops. Morgan State plays Radford in the Cancun Challenge. That's at 1230. The uh, the big games in the Maui Invitational coming up uh, tonight, the semifinals um, on ESPN. Tennessee, Purdue at 8 o'clock, Kansas, and Marquette at 10.30. Two real, really good games tonight in the uh, Maui Invitational. And before that, the college football playoff top 25 unveiling. All the rest of the hoops find at glennclarkradio.com. Syracuse Gonzaga at 2.30 in the uh, consolation bracket. Uh, on ESPN2. Maction tonight, Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, 7.30 on ESPN2. ESPNU has Bowling Green, Western Michigan at 7. TNT, Cavs, Sixers at 7.30. Jazz, Lakers at 10. USA for WWE, NXT at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, There is, uh, on Hulu, there's a show called Obituary, where uh, there's a girl who, uh, she writes for a newspaper, and then they, like, they can't pair anymore, so she ends up, you know, writing obituaries, but she only gets paid per obituary. So, so she, she kills up, people? Yeah, so Jesus. 
So she ends up killing people. Aye. So she can write obituaries. Aye. That's on Hulu. Uh, the 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 animated movie Leo with Adam Sandler and Bill Burr yeah. and company. Uh, Can't win. Yeah. Can't did win. you see the Did you see the preview for it? it I was, did. It does not look good. I'm good. Um, Jordan Sparks is going to be on Whose Line Is It Anyway on the CW. You're very excited about Jordan Sparks. I don't know. <laughs> Tell I me how I'm supposed funny. to breathe with no air. Uh, it's, she's on what? Uh, whose Line Is It Anyway? What? What is that? You don't know what Whose Line Is It Anyway? No, I know what oh, Whose okay. Line but why is Jordan Sparks? I don't know. That's why. I, American Auto Idol winner Jordan <laughs> Sparks on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Be interesting. Also, <laughs> season five Good. of uh, Fargo. On she, FX. It was a. I was in Arizona at the time. So Jordan Sparks is from Arizona. Her mm. father Felipe played at Arizona State and played in the NFL. Um, and so, like, they treated. They wanted us to like cover Jordan Sparks on American Idol, like it was a local team winning a championship. Like our bosses were like, "Dude, what are you guys doing to talk about Jordan?" Mike, we do a show for twenty-five to fifty-four-year-old men. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> We're we're not talking about, dude. You better you better start covering Jordan's. You better start talking about it. It's the biggest story in the valley. I'm like, I, I and then you move back to Maryland because you could. Yes, talk. yeah. <laughs> so we it's the uh, biggest story in the valley, dude. The, we would get hammered by this. I was like, brother, do you under like what kind of audience do you Steve want Nash us was to have? The sons, right. Like, this we weren't even doing. This isn't when I was doing sports talk. This is when I was doing hot talk. Gotcha. Like the but guy talk. Like that we were specifically trying to get twenty five to fifty four year old men. That was the audience that we were supposed. It's and not you true. A pro at getting we did. Yeah, year old we did. Things. We did really good with eighteen to forty nine, which probably makes sense. I was twenty two or whatever at the time, so like, I didn't really know how how much I had in common with fifty four year old men. But um, oh god, now it's crazy to think that those fifty four year old men might be eighty or whatever they would be at this point. Um, but like that was our job and our program director because he came from a music background our hot talk station was still like overnights and on the weekends would play music like our program director was a music guy and lived in a world where like at the time American Idol was was massive right like it was on the heels of Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood and producing legitimate superstars and so in his world this was all that mattered and it was a big deal to casual people in Arizona but like our audience not really the American Idol audience. Not really the folks that were like desperate to know what was going on with Jordan Sparks, and so they kept he kept every week, story in the valley. Dude, every week, bro. What do you guys? We got to do like an event. We should do like a watch party. I'm like a watch party. Are you out of your ever loving mind? And remember, it was still I don't know if American I guess American Idol is still probably live these days. I don't. know. Nobody's watched yeah. the ABC version of American Idol, um, but. On the West Coast, it wasn't live. It was live on the East Coast. So, like, people already knew what had happened by the time it was on on the West Coast. And we were given, like, serious instructions. Do not spoil it. (laughs) I'm not even going to talk about it. (laughs) Like, we had a meeting, a company meeting. Made you want to spoil it. The morning of the finale of American Idol. Like, you will not... Do spoilers. <laughs> okay, guy. We'll try to not do any spoilers. So effing weird, dude. So weird. But good for her. I'm glad yeah. she's still finding work yeah, these days. I, I did anyway. wonder what Jordan Sparks was up to. <laughs> she had a massive hit. She probably had a couple, and I just can only think of the one. I can only think of No Air as being like yeah, a, I think a that legitimate. Is, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, so, right. Like, it was a banger. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh, my God. An amazing song. 
Um, so season five of Fargo, Juno Temple. I oh, that's right. That yeah. is tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I believe John Hamm. I think. Yep. Was John Hamm's definitely too. a part yeah. of it. Somebody else is too. It, I know. It, it looks more like, like I thought the last season of Fargo kind of veered a bit too far away. This one looks like kind of the old school version of Fargo. I actually am kind of excited about that. Trying to figure out who else was it. Anyway, uh, and then uh, and then on late nights, uh, Tim Allen will be on Fallon. Mm. Uh, will Arnett and Melissa McCarthy on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I know Melissa McCarthy's playing. She's playing a Christmas genie in a movie called Genie. I think it comes out Friday. Okay. It actually looks, I mean. One, Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm. It's basically just Juno Temple and John Hamm. And then Bradley Cooper will be on Colbert. Okay. Very good. Very good. Thanks today to Juno Temple, for those who don't know, Keely, of course, mm. from uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, thanks today to, got to do the whole list, Will Harbor. Thanks also to Joe Serpico, Patrick Stevens, Wes Brown, and Bill Roden. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at com. Anything besides the McFlurries? Stuffing. Oh, baby. boy. Okay, good. All right, so uh, tomorrow, Kyle Ottenheimer. <laughs> Big in-studio guest. We managed to get him. <laughs> Pretty impressive on our part. And, uh, the McFlurry Burgers. Yeah. Somehow we'll make that two hours worth of content. <laughs> Tune in to find out how. Plus, of course, segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show with Pat Ricard. That's coming up tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the uh, Live Casino and Hotel, as well as Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. We will see you at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Go Maryland or UMBC. Go Morgan. Duke sucks. <laughs>